Sugar with the Mooney, episode 25. Halloween day, night, uh, October 31st, 2020. Uh, I'm here with Shug. How you doing, Shug? I'm good, man. This is a 25, 25 episodes. This is uh, what? This was our silver anniversary. I don't know. I didn't give you a gift, but uh, <laughs> I'll give you a gift. Of, I have I'm, the gift of your presence. <laughs> no, I'm going to give you a gift of hours of entertainment on YouTube finally uploaded that I've been editing. And so you guys can see us and see our joy in our face when we talk to each other and everything. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, a lot happened this week. Of course, it's always the election. Uh, was, wow. Four, three days away, four days away now. Um, I voted. I think all of us are uh, part of the process. Um, yeah, I was going to say this is like the last episode before the election. And then the next episode will be the first episode since the election. So either we'll be really happy next Saturday or we'll be really upset. So I think I work. I'm working all day on Tuesday, whatever. But I am hoping that I can get you two gentlemen to talk to me. I know supposedly the election is going to be solved until like months later. Apparently, that's what they're saying. But we can get on. And just do a quick little chat, and then that late at night, and pop someone on uh, social media, and I uh, give a quick uh, response while we're watching. Because I remember 2016 was like, wow, things change like every hour, and we'll see what happens this week. But uh, yeah, so um, what we wanted to talk about this week, uh, first off, um, what do you call it? Uh, of course, the debates are over. Um, of course, the presidential, the president, you know, it speaks to the media when you know, when he wants to. And he spoke to 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes was always like this gold standard for like journalism and everything. So he was on that last Sunday. And uh, it was hostile, of course. Uh, it was uh, uh, Leslie Stahl. I know her from growing up, Leslie Stahl. Um, right away, he was being very, you know, whatever, like difficult and stuff. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're also going to talk about. Trump's uh, senior advisor, I believe that's his name, senior advisor, uh, son-in-law, Jared Kushner. And he had some uh, statements about people of color, uh, black people in America. He made a statement about them and their uh, sort of, uh, their, their position in America. And we're gonna talk about that because it's interesting. Uh, yeah, but also like we've seen Trump for, forever in our lives and we're just going to go back and just talk about him with uh how he feels about blacks in america black celebrities in particular because um i feel like he always like you know he brings it up and it comes off kind of hollow and stuff so we're going to just give our opinion maybe we're maybe i'm wrong you know maybe Shug has a different opinion but we're gonna talk about that also in sports mlb is over uh nba is over and everything but we're gonna talk about the nhl you know and not for the best reasons, but it's uh, about a suspension related to uh, an infraction. We'll just say that right now. But that's going to be what we're going to talk about today, episode 25. And uh, 25, I can't believe it. Started in June, and here we are. Yeah. All right, guys. I uh, hope you enjoy. Okay. So I grew up a kid from a like a political family where like my dad always followed politics and stuff. And so every Sunday, pretty much, Whenever football ended, you know, 60 Minutes would be on. 
And uh, even though like other football game, other networks, 60 Minutes was always on TV and, and I would have to be watching it. So that's where I kind of learned all about politics for the last like 20 years. But they had they had the president, vice president, uh, uh, presidential uh, nominee and vice presidential nominee. And they, they talked to everyone. Uh, Trump was the first one. Started off very uh, hostile right away. Uh, I'm just going to give you some guys some uh, uh, quote or blurbs or whatever, the things that jumped out at me right away. So uh, what Leslie Stahl, who is the journalist and the uh, moderator of the, you know, the interview, right. brought up the whole thing about Trump with white women in the suburbs. So I'm sure you guys all heard this before, but it's uh, basically, I'm just going to read it from straight up. It's like, suburban women! I'll do it. Suburban women, why don't you like me? You know, will you like me? I saved your neighborhoods and stuff. And what I learned is like, Chuck said it was a, a dog whistle thing. And then later on, she goes, what did that mean? And he goes, ah, I was kidding. I was kidding. I was making a joke. I was kidding. And he said he was talking about like economics and he was talking about like taxes and stuff like that. But Chuck, when you hear that from Trump, what do you feel? About a suburban woman? Yeah. Oh, basically, he don't. Um, basically, the same shit that like D. W. Griffith was trying to like um. Uh, uh, display in in Birth of a Nation in 1916. I like, you know, as long as black men are around, like, uh, white men, your white women are not safe, and we're we're gonna take them, like by force because we're brutes and we're sexual deviants so trump didn't say all of that in such um you know as explicitly as as explicitly as i just said but that's what the 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 inference is because if you know by focusing just on the housewives you know you're not talking about drugs you're not talking about like crime and stuff like that. You're basically talking about, you know, unwanted people in your um in your your in in your neighborhood. And that being blacks and Hispanics and obviously non non um non white people because he didn't really specify that either. Like, you know, but but Honestly, yo, like you, you know that's what the hell he's talking about. He's talking about suburban white women because they're they're the ones that are. That's the ones he's he's trying to appeal to them and their husbands because, you know, people the society, the media, he, him, other races, they already um perpetuate this idea or amplify this idea that anybody who doesn't look like you is a threat. Right. And also, he didn't even specify. He just said it could be, well, I'm, I'm assuming also it could be uh, economical, like someone who has, who's prosperous, but also is person of color coming into your neighborhood will change it. And so I was up to like, he's like, you know, just doesn't matter who it is. Not, not this immediate like, threat or whatever. And like another thing um, that you, since, since you brought that up is like, you know, a lot of the people where, um, you know, a lot of like black people, or people of color that got like successful 
you know, because we talked about it before with like redlining and the GI Bill and, you know, white flight, how people left the, you know, city to move to the suburbs and suburbs and housing was, you know, explicitly discriminatory. Like right now it's still discriminatory, but it's not as, um, it, it, it's not said as loud as it as it is as it was back then because you know they put in you know as in newspapers that like you know uh this house is for sale this house is for sale this place is for sale you get this condo blah 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 but you must be white or you you can't be black or no colors allowed or this and a third but now you know the housing discriminatory practices are basically like you know like you know you you could ask or put in an offer to buy a house, but the people that own it or the leasers or stuff like that, once they see that you're already, you're, you're not white or you're black or you're whatever they don't want in their neighborhood, they can keep you out. So basically, um, Obama, President Obama and Joe Biden during their eight years had done a lot to, um, basically cease all of these discriminatory housing practices to, you know, create more affordable housing. So like, you know, a lot more people could get a piece of the American pie and Trump has come in and he said that like, he's, he's going to strike all of that down. Um, under the guise that, you know, basically if you're rich, like you don't want poor people living next to you or people um, of, uh, you know, lesser stature, lesser stature than you economically living near you. That's his, his guys, but that's what he's saying overtly, but um, subvertly he's basically saying like, he doesn't, you know, he's, he's going to help keep the suburbs white. Also, on that note, on that same note, just before that, uh, apparently there was 16 uh, uh, inaccurate statements from Trump, and uh, I just wanted to, it was actually also on the same thing about uh, what we were talking about before, but just like 16 inaccurate uh, statements, and I feel like Trump is, has been on the defense for like a two, month or two, mm-hmm. especially after the whole COVID thing, but I think since September. So now, like he's like he's changed. He he, he looks he, he acts different, looks different, and um, being very defensive and stuff. Uh, but he's sticking to it. He's sticking to his guns on those certain certain things. Yeah, um, I'm just saying, like, what? Else? I mean, you guys, you guys don't watch it though. I just want to know. Um, I'm not looking forward. I'm not looking forward past the election, but. You know, he he doubled down. He doubled down on Fauci. He doubled down on coronavirus. He doubled down on everything. It's like he didn't like change anything. So basically, what I'm saying is, like six months ago, same thing he was saying. He's saying now, but now he's just being more like, uh, like he's more like he's like doubling doubling down on it. So being more went, flagrant. Yeah, well, I seen a vehement, a vehement, but like, if if he wins. What do you think? What like? How do you see these things happening? Like, what's next? Like, I I just want to jump into the devil's ad. Like, what happens? But yeah, so like, I just want to know, like, because he's doubling down on it. I don't know what else he'll say in the next 
two days or whatever, but like, uh, like he also talked about, you know, how in 2016, four years ago, mm-hmm. forever ago, what was the, what was his chant? What was his major chant during during campaign? What was his chant? Do you remember? Lock her up. All right, so lock her up came up again this week with Whitmer, or this month with the mm-hmm. woman who was targeted or whatever. And then he just said, like, basically, he didn't say that. No, I'm just repeating, you know, what people say. They can believe it or not. They can believe it. He's just like, now he's just like, I feel like I'm scared because he seems so hollow now. And, like, he has no more. Like, he, he just seems so, like, repeating the same shit, to, you know, just whatever. But, um, playing his greatest hits. Exactly. And then guess what happens to Elvis? What happened to Elvis? <laughs> Died on a tall <laughs> pills, and I think that might happen in the Oval Office. Sadly, during his second campaign, because people are fucking dumb, but it may happen. Yeah. But yeah. So, uh, what else? What else can you say about the um, six-minute interview? Because oh, like one more thing about the housing thing, because I kind of got lost at my door. But um, oh, I can tell you a personal story. In my neighborhood, someone got a building got in trouble. They got in trouble, and then they have. When you go, whenever you go there, there are signs everywhere saying this is equal opportunity and everything. They weren't doing it. There was a landlord who had so much money. He had oh, he owned apartment building houses all over in the area. And this is in New York City. This is in the Bronx, and he had he got called out because someone went undercover, and um, he got exposed. So now, like you know, so that happened. That was only that was only like two or three years ago. Yeah, but yeah, the thing because I, I, I got lost in what I was saying, but like in the 60s and 70s when a lot more people of color were um being you know became much more successful and they started moving out to the suburbs too because a lot of these um through like the civil rights act and stuff like that like you know a lot of these places um couldn't be um discriminatory towards them but like you know, and that's when like the homeowners, um, what do you call it? the the homeowners association and stuff like that started. You know, they 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 came to be because, you know, they kind of became like the gatekeeper, the gatekeepers, and saying who they wanted and who they didn't want in their community. So sometimes, um, when one black family moved in, um, they made like sure that like another one didn't move in right after them. That's what you know. That whole um, that that phrase, "There goes the neighborhood," yeah, like, all of that um thing. And it's interesting that with Trump talking about housing, like remember in the seventies, Trump and his father were sued and successfully um sued for being racially discriminative um discriminatory towards um minorities in his buildings and his apartments and stuff. So. You know, look at that. Anytime you hear him talking about like saving the suburbs or him being um, him trying to strike down any kind of like a vo- uh, affordable housing um plan that that Obama and and Biden had. You know, he's guilty of all the things like he's he. You know, and you see it in a lot of all the stuff that he does, like the environmental stuff, like striking down all of that, all all the different protections and stuff like that. He's doing that because, you know these gas companies, these oil companies, these coal companies, all of these places that were regulated, like they, they have, you know, their, their hands are in his pockets. Um, 
and they're, they're funding him. So a lot of the stuff he does, it ain't even like for um, the regular old American. It's for for the people that are slung in his pockets. And then today I saw that, like, they said, like, um, a certain amount of cases of corona were traced back to, like, his rallies. And about 700 people died from corona that attended those rallies. And I'm thinking, I, I tweeted it out. I don't know if you saw, Mike. I was like, you know, what's crazy is, like, I could bet every cent of money in my check-in savings, my whole bank account to this, like, at this moment that all of those people, if not a majority of them, the, the families of, of those people that died because they went to Trump rallies, I could I would bet that they're gonna vote for him still. Yeah, I mean, um I'm gonna get Joel Joel involved in this in a minute, but real quick, um it goes back to just even when it wasn't even like a Trump figure, it was just like a standard Republican. The belief is even though you're dirt poor, hey, one day I'm gonna be a fucking you know, I'm gonna be a millionaire. So I wanna be protected when I am. But mm-hmm. you can get there unless you can't get there unless like you got something from like the thirties and forties and like the GI bill and stuff like that. That only happened because you got assistance. And I feel like uh, a little off topic, but um, the whole thing with like neighborhoods and stuff. Um, I'm trying to figure out like, how I can. And think, in, but, think about it this way, right? Like all of those houses that people bought in like the 1950s and sixties, from like the GI Bill and um, you know all this stuff that like black servicemen weren't getting that white servicemen did. So back in those days, you could probably get like a whole like three bedroom house for like you know two thousand dollars or something like that, right? Yeah. And maybe even less than that when you add like the GI Bill, right? So that same house you bought for two thousand dollars, like in nineteen fifty, fast forward seventy years to twenty twenty, like that house is probably worth like, uh, like like hundred like hundreds of thousands of dollars now. So that's something that a lot of white Americans had access to that black Americans didn't. So that's why yeah. you know when people keep on saying like, oh, like you know. Black people need to move, you know, get get over the past or, like, stop blaming, like, stuff that happened years ago. But it's like, yeah, like, all that stuff that, you know, people benefited from that we didn't back then, like, we're still seeing the effects of it. Like, What if it was, like, a family who had, like, three kids and they had a wealthy, wealthy, uh, you know, someone in their family, a wealthy, and they give out... Uh, they gave out, uh, uh, what do you call that again? Not, um, what do you call that again when you get like something after someone dies? Inheritance. Inheritance. All right. So let's say like, two of two of them, my brother and sister got like all this shit. And then there was one who didn't. And then like everyone else got like more secure and wealthy and stuff. And the other person still struggling. And they looked down on them. Like, as, I'm trying to think of like very basic things that I can tell the people who don't understand this. Like I, I have to break down some, sometimes I have to break it down the most like preschool shit to some people because they don't understand the situation, especially in like June and July when a lot of the stuff was happening. I had to break it down to people because uh, they like didn't get it. 
like they're like like just like doing this like there's a difference because like you started here and then like you know yes you started here but then like um yeah I mean, I mean, and we talked about it like it's hard for people to, to like ex- to, to remove themselves from themselves and then just like see other people's you know you know it's hard uh uh joel uh what we're talking about with the uh, trump uh basically the last few days before the election um i know you have you have your whole situation with the election thing going on uh i feel like we kind of helped it motivated you to get in, involved more uh how do you feeling today on uh on saturday October 31st. Like I said, um, I just got, well, received my absentee ballot like two days ago, but I wasn't home. So as soon as I got home, I voted right away. I'm about to either, you know, when this pod is over, I'm just going to go hand it into the school. Like I have one right across the street from me. So like I said, yeah, uh, you know, I thank you guys, first of all. You know, uh, and this pod because of all the election talks we've been having on this podcast. And you guys know me; I'm not really the biggest politic, uh, political person here. Mm. It is what it is with me. But like I said, uh, speaking with you, Mike, and you, Suge, and just hearing you guys, your guys's opinion, kind of motivated me to just just to go out there and vote. And period. Just even if we are upset, like Suge said. At least I know for a fact that I just know I don't want Trump in office. And that's just the bottom line. So that's the reason why I'm voting against him. And it's just like, you know, I've been hearing, uh, you know, when you guys, you guys talk about Trump and suburban girls. And could, one thing people need to understand about Trump is, yeah, he was he's a New Yorker. But I, I doubt even he's even a New Yorker. Like the man is a millionaire. He was... Um, you know, has millions of dollars, father had millions of dollars, whatever the case might be, he's a rich guy. In New York, I doubt he ever took the train or ever did anything that most New Yorkers have to do. Like working class New Yorkers, I doubt he ever had to do that. So the man is just this place period from society. Like he's only going to obviously speak to those who have his same mind state. And of course he's gonna wanna speak to the white supremacists or people who think like white supremacists because it could be I, I just seen the other day on you know Instagram it was like this Asian guy outside of I believe it, it was his business and this black guy was just recording I guess he's a YouTuber he's recording just minding his business on the property here comes this Asian guy and he's like oh you can't be here this is a, a nigger free zone yeah, like so whoa! I'm yeah, like, and this man is Asian. This is this man is Asian. I don't know what Asian country he's from, but obviously, you know, we look at him. He's Asian, and this is a, you know, this is a guy who's Asian, but Trump is against him, obviously. You know, like, obviously, let's just assume. Let's just say he's from China and he's an Asian from China. Mm-hmm. Trump has literally this whole entire pandemic has been obviously speaking bad about your entire country but you're here on your you know your business or whatever you were in front of I don't know if he owned the business or he just worked there but you're outside and you're out here saying this is a nigger free zone when Trump doesn't even want he wouldn't have even want your ancestors here like period so like 
that's what I'm saying. Like he's talking, he's speaking to those people. He's not speaking to any one of us. So that's another reason why I just didn't want to vote because it's like, Trump, you're not speaking to me, period. You don't want me here. You don't want my family here. You don't want my friends here. That's another reason why I wasn't listening to anything any of these politicians have to say. So it's like I said, um, at the end of the day, I just know I don't want Trump in office. And, oh, yeah, you know, uh, hopefully it just, hopefully it's just not, uh, you know, we're not disappointed, especially me, because that's my whole other reason too. I was disappointed last election. And, you know, now we at it again. Right. Uh, I didn't, this is the thing I forgot to mention with uh, the last thing I said. I just want to jump it out there. I'm not going to mention about it. I just want to show and then Joel wants to respond. So basically what uh, Trump is, Trump's response is that he, it's the best economy for uh, black Americans ever. He, you know, it was always an embellishment, but I looked at a few of the numbers and it's a lot of like um, not long-term jobs. It's jobs you have for now and they use the word they used to use is unskilled. So like you can't get this job and then like 40 years from now retire. Like an old union job. Like that that was what everyone else used to get. Places that were blue collar and stuff. You get a job for 40 years, support your family, your kid goes to college and all that stuff. These are more like very, very replaceable jobs and stuff. So the numbers are uh, inflated. Um, do you have any idea of like long-term plans, you know, overall? Because, you know, it seems like everyone else has like long-term goals. And then now it's been like, we always talk about the, we've talked about it like three times, I think, with the GI Bill and stuff, like 70 years. Uh, what's the long-term plan aside from what's going on today? Like if Biden wins, like what's like the, what's the goal? Like what's the, the immediate goal? They always talk about the 100-day plan. What's like a first thing we, they, we can do or they, uh, they can do to help? Well, Biden said that, like, his plan would be that, like, there would be, like, a tax credit for African-American people, kind of, like, to for a lot of the things I said before when it comes to the housing, like, if you're a first-time homeowner, like, you could, um, you'd get a tax credit, so you wouldn't be paying taxes on, like, the house you just bought, um, so that's something else that could change, because it's, like, imagine if my, like, my mom and my stepdad were to like buy a house, like they would be first time home homeowners and they're in their fifties where like a lot of like, um, white Americans, like they, they you become like a homeowner in like your twenties, like at worst your thirties. Like you see all of these articles where it's like, Oh, like this, um, this student, this, um, 28 year old, um, this 28-year-old has come up with a plan to pay off all of her um, student debt in, like, two years or some shit like that. And then you come to find out, it's like, like her parents um, are rich as hell. Um, they, like, she doesn't have to, she, they've been paying her rent and whatever, whatever, and, and, like, she doesn't have to pay bills and stuff like that, and it's just, like, that's not the reality for, like, a lot of us, like, even, like, white and black, so it's, it's, um, but it, 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 you see it a lot more, um, you see these type of things, you know, these, these are benefits, like, we haven't had before, and, 
um, I don't think like you could wave like a magic wand and things would change. But you know, something like that where like you're giving people a tax credit to to buy their own homes. Um, you know, like my mom and my stepdad did it, and they bought a house and they didn't have to pay taxes on it for X amount of years. And a house gains equity over like 20 years. By the time they're 60 and 70, they could retire and then they could sell our house. And then that house could, or they could pass our house on to like me and my brother. And then we could, over a certain amount of years, build equity in it. And that's how you 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 build wealth by by owning things. And that's a, a thing that I don't think Trump has has said like you you talked about Mike where a lot of the jobs he's creating aren't jobs that you could be um you, you you could be employed for um decades and then finally retire. You're talking about like regular like minimum wage jobs or jobs that don't have pensions, don't have retirement plans. And you basically gotta live when you're done doing them, you have to like live off of social security. So when you talk about Trump's like plans for black people, a lot of it doesn't include like uh, the important thing is black ownership. Once you own like your own house, you have your own um you own your house, you own your businesses, um you're not beholden to anybody. That's and uh, these are things that you could either um flip and like sell and gain wealth through that way or either pass it down from generation to generation like um the whites of this country have that we haven't been able to you know that's not part of his plan but it sounds like it's part of biden's plan that's that's what i see is the difference yeah and like the basically the last topic that came up in the interview was about healthcare which is very, it's linked to having a job and having a actual career, job or career. Uh, basically, um, Trump said he has a plan. Okay, you've been president for fucking four years. You have a plan? Motherfucker, you never implemented it. I'm tired of like tiptoeing around it. You're, you've been campaigning for four years. Now it's been like seven years. It's like, then, then, if you win again, then you're not going to do it again. You're not going to, you know, you know, it gets like, it's, it's annoying. Cause like you're in campaign mode nonstop and start doing stuff, but nothing, only things that got done was for corporations. Yeah, That's but- another reason we got, we got corporations deals. That's why they gave out more jobs. Like, uh, you know, like basically jobs that like you can replace anyone, but like they were technically, you know, employed, but, and uh, it's, you know, but- but that's what I've been saying. Like that's what I've been saying. Every time we talk about the debates, like he never talks about a plan. And I'm glad you brought up the healthcare thing because he kept on like since he when he was he he was campaigning on repelling and replacing Obamacare, and all he's done is tried to repeal it, try to get rid of it. But like you you said, it, it, he doesn't have a plan. Like he he hasn't pressed on a health healthcare plan he keeps saying like he has a better he has something better he has something better but when you ask him for the plans and you know we keep getting sidetracked here but like the 60 minute interview he abruptly left and when he did leave he gave um he gave the interviewer i'm sorry mike i forgot her name off the top of my head but i want to get through this lindsey star lindsey star he gives it or he gets McEnany, 
who, if I'm not mistaken, didn't she? Well, I don't know how long ago they did this interview, but she just had COVID and he just had COVID. Um, but she has this big old book and um, by Lindsay Stahl's admission, like the book didn't have a plan in it. All they had was like a whole bunch of like executive orders and a whole bunch of like stuff that wasn't a plan, basically. Like like a band-aid over a fucking wound. You know, that type of thing. I was going to say it's a band-aid. It was just, it, it was, oh, it's, it's, it's like, you know, when you get, um, like, if if somebody, like, stabbed you and, like, you know, you're, the doctor just told you, like, yeah, you got to walk it off. Like, that's basically Trump's, that's, that's Trump's um, response to it. But I'm going to let Joel speak. Joel, real, real quick before I say this, like, what's up the ultimate, like, catchphrase for people who have, new money and they're Republican or just people who have wealth. You know, they always say like bootstraps, or you lift yourself up from your bootstraps and stuff. It's like, you got, you're there now. Like, it's like we talked about before about uh, the ladder, like people not like putting their hand down and stuff like that. Like there's like a, you know, but anyways, but uh, Joel, bring it back in this conversation. We haven't heard from you. So uh, uh, the last thing we talked about, how you feeling about that? I mean, like, let's just say Trump wins, for example, and we're speaking about like plans, because I really, uh, uh, I know we're gonna get into a topic later about Trumps and black celebrities, but just to touch on that a little early, I know like Lil Wayne, you know, like he obviously took a picture with Trump, and like, I, I you know, like, um, paraphrasing, because I don't know exactly what the tweet said. But obviously he, you know, was with Trump and discussing about Platinum Plan or something like that. And, you know, obviously how Wayne is endorsing him now. And the whole thing to me is like, all right, even if Trump does have a plan, like, first of all, we need to hear it. Obviously, like you said, Mike, and he just needs to start implementing it. Like, what plan is it that you have? Just start implementing it if that's the case. It's a good plan. Why not just do it? Like, obviously, you're holding on to something for attention, and like obviously let's just say again he wins he doesn't do anything he just used all of this as a campaign just to win you know what I mean but let's just say like honestly like when it comes to like planning what he can do for African-Americans or just minorities period like with me like just give me my fair share like all of these jobs like I'm sick of obviously working these dead dead end jobs like these retail jobs like give me or give like you know, minorities a position automatically where, or not even automatically, but just like some type of like uh, training, like business, you know, yeah, like training a business or, or like funding, yeah, not even like some business. Well, something like that. You know what yeah. I mean? So you got Bernie entrepreneurship. Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders like I said, get, uh, my thing is college. No matter what, my thing is like I'm willing to work for it though. Like that's the thing. Like a lot of people, when they say "give me, give me, give me," it's almost mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you just want something." Like, no, it's not the case. Like I'm willing to work for what I got. But the thing is, once I'm there, I don't want to be mistreated just because oh, Joel's, you know, Afro Latino. Once I get into those spots, that's what I'm. I'm. It's just like security that I'm really worried about because like at the end of the day I know like when it comes to hustle and working I know I got the energy for days for that like I don't mind working for anything really it's just once I'm there do I have that security because you still at the end of the day have white supremacists leading these you know 
these countries, um, not countries, these businesses probably have some white supremacists, you know, in, in the behind the scene. Might not be the main CEO, but he has, you know, board of trustees or this, that, and third who might be white supremacists. That's what I'm talking about. Like up the ladder, it, the, the higher the ladder goes is like the races you are in a way. So that's, it's like, you just got to get rid of all those white supremacists. But I don't see that happening with Trump as president. So it's kind of like a, it's like a twist and turn. Like what was going to happen? All right. Okay, so during the 60-minute uh, interview last week, we, they had all the presidential, uh, they had the Biden and Trump. Trump, uh, of course, by the way, uh, immediately was very confrontational with uh, Lindsey Stahl, but by the end, he walked off. Of course, it wasn't like a professional, it wasn't professional, he walked off based on uh, questions, and he, he, he gave responses, but he didn't want to like, uh, he didn't like what the questions he was being asked, so he walked off, you know, and uh, I think that people would be like, oh, yeah, he, he walked off that liberal bullshit, and he walked off because he's whatever. No, you, you, even if you don't, like, I know people, like, like Obama went on Fox News in fucking 2008 or 9 or 10, or one of those years. You stand and you answer your questions, and you stick to your convictions. These, him and uh, people like him don't stick to their convictions. You know, and then they they toss out fake news. So uh, if he doesn't like what he's hearing, he calls it fake news. If um, you know, like if he says something, you know, it's just like fake news and all that shit, and it's like uh, it's frustrating because people just fall for it. And uh, Shug, let's talk about it. Come on. Yeah, like he um, so like at one point he says um. He he says like why aren't you reporting on like I think it was something with like Hunter Biden like did like that's the whole thing now like they like they keep on bringing up like hunt like Hunter Biden is like their whipping boy now, um and like uh Lindsey saw said to him was like listen like this is sixty minutes like this is like a respect this is probably like the most respected like news program like we can't report on anything that we can't um verify and like you know obviously you know what he does like he um accuses her and 60 minutes and cbs about being biased or like um or being by you know uh basically um being in favor of biden well just in general trump bends the truth there's always a hint there's always a hint of something that's real, but the rest is like fluff and bullshit. Like that's what he's been doing for fucking almost a decade, you know? So if something happened, like he always fluffs it, fluffs it you know, that's, that's the issue. Cause you can't like completely call him. Like he always has one thing that like, all right, well that kind of happened, but then everything else is like bullshit, but he just spreads it. And then everyone else believes it and they accept it. That's, that's the real issue with misinformation and, fake news reality yeah how i described it to to you guys was that real news to us is fake news to him and fake news to him is real news to us so basically this um hunter Biden thing you know it, it don't like it really doesn't have any legs like any respected news organization has basically 
said like you know it's much much ado about nothing and but he he still he keeps pushing it but then whenever like a respected news organization you know brings up stuff about him or his family um doing whatever um he 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 denies it or he calls it fake news even though it's like like verified it's it's basically like it's facts. It's, it's not something that they made up. It's something that they researched and they did their homework on. And he still says that it's untrue. But stuff that he pushes that is unsubstantiated and a whole bunch of like wingding stuff, like, you know, he keeps pushing it. Yeah. I mean, like, I hope, I mean, hopefully, but I feel like he's in that position where like he got his like termination paper already and then he just won't leave his office. And he's like, <laughs> He's sweating. He's like, things all undone and stuff. And he's like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving until I. You, and I, then the security guards come into the office, like you know, like a blue, like like a yeah, yeah, yeah. job. And you guys come in and like, I'm not leaving. Uh, but yeah, but Joel, uh, Joel, um, we talked about this before, but uh, is he is Trump like just like denying reality? Is that what he always did? He just makes his own reality, and then like people believe what he's saying. Like, is that like? I feel like yeah, it's like that Trump, like Trump is a big baby. Like he's never ever in his life ever had to like really work the way like the three of us had to work as New Yorkers. Like he's never in his life ever had to like really get his hands dirty or his knees dirty ever completing a job. He paid other people to do it or didn't pay other people to do it. He probably just had other people do it. And that's just Trump for you. Like bottom line like yeah and even like with the interview like him walking out of it is just another like this man is almost like well he's in his 70s but he acts like you know he acts like a kid he has like a 12 year old boy like when you just walk out of interviews like that because you don't you assume something like shook said you know what's um fake news to him is real to us it, it's like literally you that's why you got up because you got annoyed you hearing things you don't want to hear. You tell people things you want them to understand. And you don't want the same thing in return. You just don't want to hear anybody's opinion. You don't want to hear anybody even have the conversation, sit there and have a conversation and really open up about yourself. And just so you could realize that you're not, you know, nobody wants to assume Trump is like evil, but damn, you're not making it seem, you're not making it easy on yourself. That's the only thing. I'm pretty sure. Well, uh, what was the interviewer's name? Uh, Shug, uh, Michael, sixty minutes. Lindsay Stahl. She's like one of like. She's been there for a while. She's kind of like the Mike Wallace, heiress. You know. Yeah, yeah but so- I feel like that's all she really just wanted. Like, just wanted to get down to the bottom. Just have a, just have some type of you know. Let's converse. Let's talk. And Trump didn't want to do that because obviously. He just doesn't, he doesn't want the world to see him. He doesn't want like for him to say it out his mouth because you know, eventually Trump will say something just idiotic and he'll give himself up. So like in a way he's kind of smart for that because I'm pretty sure in that interview, he would have gave something up that was like, all right, for, we for sure not, definitely not voting for Trump anymore. So like in a, in a way he, he, he's a little like, you know, he, he's smart in that sense, but he knows better than to speak on when he's not in charge of anything. Cause again, like I'm pretty sure in those 60 minute interviews is the interviewer who's in charge anyway. 
So she would have found some type of way to really piss Trump off. Trump would have just went off, said something idiotic, like he always says, or even more idiotic this time. And that's why the man, you know, got up and walked out because he probably sensed it. He probably felt it coming. And it's also like, it's like the way he, he knew right away, like he's projecting this thing where like she showed up and did, remember like doing, um, oh, fuck, what was her name again? Palin, I mean, Palin, they did a bunch of like gotcha things, like the whole gotcha thing. Mm-hmm. He, she came with trick facts and he reacted to it like it was like a fucking stitch up, like it was a bullshit thing, but it's facts. So facts to him is kryptonite. Like he just say that's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. Like it wasn't like he like she showed up with like a picture of him like grabbing someone by the pussy, you know, whatever. It was facts. Like things this is what happened to your, your regime <laughs> or your uh, administration. Like and then he just like flips off on himself. And, you know, it's like shows like he's you know, ineptitude. You know, it's like, come on, like I just want someone who's like knows what they're doing. It's crazy. I know that he, you know, he's bad with a lot of things, but also just we can move forward with just a little more attitude, man. So like I say, I, the man has never been in a position where he was ever told what to do. Like, he doesn't understand where that comes from. He he's the one that tells people what to do, or he feels like he could tell people what to do all his yeah. life. Yeah, like, that's well, just he's, bottom, he's like, never yeah. ever in a million years gonna know what it feels like to like hustle to go broke like really struggle like that like he's never gonna know that unless of course he loses everything i think trump is a hustler but he's more the hustler who like spends a hundred thousand dollars on a game night at a poker game and he he doesn't have the money to come up with it so he lies and lies and lies and lies and then in this case he became president by lying and lying and lying and he he has no equity he's just fucking he's a low-life piece of shit you know like but he wants like you were just a, a schemer that's what that sounds like to me. Nah, you know, he's a carny. He's a fucking carny. That's scheming. He's he's that's scheming right there. That's like just real, like one of the words, really conniving, scheming, like all of those words. Like, come on. Sneak thief is the Irish sneak thief. He's a sneak thief. Like I think for him, like I think, you know, like being president for for anybody in general being president is like a job it's a duty i think to him he feels like president is like to be president is just a title it's to be like the president of the united states is basically the ruler of the united states and they basically get to do whatever they want like i'm gonna make this this way i'm gonna make that that way and then like you can't be held accountable and i think i think that's why coming up on you know, his second campaign here, you know, where he has to try to get reelected. Like he's basically, like I said it before, like he's playing his greatest hits because he doesn't know what to do. Like he didn't realize like this is actual work. And that's why I say like, you know, when the hurricanes happened in 2017, when, you know, Corona, COVID started, you know, he didn't know what the hell to do. And to this day, he's still like to his his um strategy for these things are just like to ignore. His strategy is just to ignore and hope it goes away. And mm. you know, for the most part, like it doesn't. Like half-assing it, and then he has people that are suck up next all and they let it happen. Oh yeah, he's, he's just he half-assed. Um. 
But let's talk about someone who is basically is like one of his right hand pe- people, right hand man, right hand people is son in law, Jared Kushner. Okay, so Jared Kushner is a uh, White House senior advisor. That, he's, one, he's one of the people that actually kept his job the whole, almost four years. Almost yeah, because years. he's married to his freaking daughter. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> or his his daddy. pardon me, not his daughter, his par uh, Trump's paramour, daddy. Oh, daddy! Like you know, he's like he wants to make his he wants to make his actual. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. Sorry, that's a zero, by the way. But um, yeah. So uh, actually, a couple of days ago, I like he's always a mysterious figure. Like he's always there, Jared Kushner, and hey, I, he's just, you know, people always get in trouble for talking about him. Uh, but no, he's always a mysterious character. He's always there. And I heard backstory where his father was like a huge business businessman, like and things like that, that are very influential to like now. Mm-hmm. And um, so basically, I, the only thing I ever heard, and it's just like me talking shit as a person doesn't know anything about anything, but uh, his family had money in, or he had money in uh, pharmaceuticals. So when COVID happened, they were trying to make a deal like to get the vaccine vaccination or just some type of thing so like Kushner was like the one who was like orchestrating all this stuff and um but anyway so like that's you know basically he's a he's a very he's very influential with his father-in-law Trump and uh, he's there still but basically he had a I don't know an interview but he like he, he was talking about black black Americans and his tone, when I listened to it, his tone was so like, I thought I was listening to fucking, what's his name? Uh, what's his name from like the, what's his name again who died? Like he was a like hundred years old. Uh, 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 what was his name again? The guy from, he died, he was a like hundred years old and he was still a senator. And he was like super racist. Like he was like, uh, Stoneman. Well, you know what I'm talking about, right? I, I think I know who you're talking about, but yeah. Yeah, like he was back in the day when it was acceptable to say things, and then you see him in the '90s, and he was like still kind of saying it, but like staying in a secret way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was saying stuff like basically, um, there's some. I'm just gonna give you like a summary of what he said. Okay, so uh, he said that uh, basically, black black Americans. Uh, will succeed if they wanted to wanted to like basically if they have the opportunity but they don't do it they don't want to right uh did you got from that chip from that quote yeah so he's basically like perpetuating the lens the the lazy negro myth uh oh. myth yeah go ahead mike uh dom sturman dorm sturman i think his name was right sturman um. I, I, I do. I know who you're talking about, and it's, it, the same guy you're talking about, like he was very like pro segregation, and at the same time, like you come to find out, like in the in the in like the 40s, he um he actually had like an affair with like his maid, his black maid's daughter, so he had like a black child. Yeah, but he was straight up the KKK in the yeah, and he was like a segregationist <laughs> and and all that stuff. Strom Thurmond, Strom Thurmond. There you go. He was straight up. He was like fifteen a time senator, and he kept winning. 
And then Dave Chappelle was on a show and it right before he died. And he was like, you're going to vote him in again. And he died like, right before he was on, um, the hell is his name again? I love him. Uh, the white haired old man who was a talk show host, whatever. But anyway, but like, uh, it's that, it's, it's that recent. I was in like high school when that was gone. He was still alive and he was like saying the N like, word and stuff. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a <laughs> it's a compelling argument for uh, congressional term limits. But back on subject. So Jerry Kushner, he said basically with their plan, this this plan that they have for black people, um, that in order for us to succeed, we it, it, uh we'd have to we 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 we'd want to succeed. So you know that in of itself, we keep bringing up this term dog whistle. It's all a myth because, um, as we discussed with like the housing, I feel like that's like the 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 um the buzzword in this because I keep saying it. But like with the housing um stuff that like you know what people people believe that black people in general don't want to um help themselves. And basically, we're lazy, and we want the government to do this and that for us, and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, listen to this. Black people were brought here and exploited for free labor for hundreds of years. So excuse the fuck out of me if I believe America owes us something. But go, but, you know, that's a different story for a different day or a different topic for a different day. It's just to me like it's it, it's just incredible. Um, it's just incredible from this um from from the exposition you just uh, said, Mike, talking about Jerry Kushner and you know the the wealth that he comes from, you know, and he's married to a person who comes from wealth, and these people are basically writing their last name, and it's kind of sad because like his brother. Uh, I think his name is Josh Kushner. Um, he's married to Carly Claus, and like they're actually like big time Democrats. So, you know those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So they 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 big time Democrats. So um, and she's like a, a a Biden supporter, and she supported Hillary in the last election because people came up to her because you know she 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 used to be a, a model. Well, I think she still is a model, but she's married to him now. To, to Jerry Kushner's brother. So people were wondering, like, you know, what side are you going to be on? And she 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 obviously chose blue. And I think her husband chose blue as well. But, um, you know, for if it, it, it sounds really incredible, um, incredible, not in like a good way, but incredible to hear from like a trust fund baby and basically a guy whose whole life, you know, I, I tweeted out when I heard it. I was like, um, Kushner is obviously one of these people, these rich people that were born on third base, but thinks that they um hit it would would tell it as if they they hit a triple. Um, so you know he his all of his wealth and his success stems from the fact that he was born into that wealth and success. So it's kind of ironic to hear from him about whether or not like if given an opportunity what like black people if they were given the opportunity and the tools to succeed um 
would they use it? You know, it's odd coming from it's hard. It's odd to hear that coming from him, and it's just again a dog whistle because this is what like what he said, and that's that's the um, um that's basically the consensus I got from the um that's the consensus that I'm getting I got from like Twitter. It was just like that um this is what these people these elites or upper class people think of regular class people, especially black people that just like, it ain't that like, um, we're poor um, or that we, we, we don't want to succeed. It's the fact that we want these handouts. And I don't think it's a handout if it's, it's something that we, we've been owed because like I said, you came here, we came here from Africa and we exploited for, from free labor. And then when we became free, um, you know, they did every single thing possible they could in order to keep us, um, to keep the wealth of America or the American dream away from us. So to fast forward to 2020 to hear a trust fund baby telling us like, oh, like you're only going to be successful if you want to be successful. Like all of us want to be successful. Like Joel talked about it before. Like if you gave us all of these things, like you know, we're going to use it. But if that's, if that's the place in Jerry Kushner and Ivanka and, and Trump's hearts that, Oh, like we'll say we're going to do this for black people, but we, when it doesn't work out for them, we're absolved and we're just going to blame it on them for not, um, not that they didn't take advantage, but the fact that they didn't want to take advantage. So it's not our fault. Yeah. Um, I've heard that before, you know, I hear that from my, we're like, it's very anti like, Oh yeah. Like, of course, like we always talk about like people, people, human beings being brought over here and then used, you know? Um, and then people, I always hear this claim like, oh, there were slaves in all over Europe and stuff and during the time and the, all over the rest of the world. I'm like, no, but did they establish a state that said that all people are created equal? No, that's the reason why that we have to designate this time and because this should happen all the time, but we designated because you guys, did, we declared that all people are created equal and they weren't at the same time. I just want to get that out of the way because that's the reason why now we are fixated on this time because everyone always uses this excuse mainly asshole you know you know what i'm talking about but uh does that make sense like people always bring that up don't they i always hear people bring that up like oh yeah whatever then we also talked about like the euro like the set thing we talked about it too uh so that that made me think of that but yeah um I just want to get in there because um, I feel like people are using history against what we are right now, like in, in this modern time. And it, it's all because we established the idea that in this time in history, all men are created equal. That does, yeah, of course, you know, women and everything like that. But that's that's like the, the pinpoint or whatever. So that was right when it was happening. So we have to acknowledge it and we have to fucking work with it. Before we get Joel into it, like, you know, the 1619 project, like, um, Trump keeps mm-hmm. on saying, like, you know, inside the schools, they're trying to teach you 
to hate America. And it's like, yeah, you should hate America because if you open up a freaking book, right, all of these people, anytime um, any minority or anybody that's um, below, the, like, of a, of a lower class than they are, uh, want something or needs like government help for something, they always say like, oh, you need to get over the past, you need to this and that and third. But it's like, yo, if you open up a book and really did your research, there were so many different ways that after slavery, America built a system where uh, black people couldn't be successful. Like, they actively tried to make sure black people weren't successful. And we're still undoing that now. And with people like Trump, you know, Joel talked about, like, white supremacy. Like, you got to get rid of it. And basically, Trump is creating, like, that roadblock. Uh, Joel, any uh, any response from that? No, nah, it's like um, just like to reiterate what I said earlier, that I wasn't like really finished, and it's like you know, like Shib said, like all like what all of us are saying at the end of the day, but mostly you know me and Shug being you know like the minorities is like oh you know, like granted like I would agree with everything Shug said like you could open up a textbook, especially the fact that we're millennials you know like speaking to like specifically millennials like there should be no reason why like with a smartphone with a computer all of the all these sources of information you can get that it can actually teach you that you know minorities african-americans latinos whatever what have you have been systemically oppressed and that's just the bottom line so like my thing my whole thing is is like i said me personally like i said earlier like, I don't mind working for what I got, like, for what you got to give me, I don't mind, because I know I could probably outwork the tons of, you know, lazy white people, because they, that's another thing, too, like, uh, they want to call minorities black and Hispanics white, but I, I know some lazy white people, I, I know for a fact I could outwork them, but can I defeat them or, or win in a way? In business, probably not because they have the advantage. They have the backings of other white supremacists. You know what I mean? That's my whole issue is I don't mind working for anything. Do I need a handout? No. Would I take one? Obviously. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, no, like, you're going to hand me something and I'm going to be like, no, I could work for it. Obviously, if you have me something and I feel like it's right for me, I'll take it. But just know for a fact I'm willing to work for what I got. And that's just the bottom line. So, once I get into a, a, you know, a corporate level, a corporate office where I could sit in a, you know, the board of trustees, I'm really hoping and willing that the person across from me isn't going to do some, you know, going to scheme behind my back or something, knowing that he's a white supremacist or what have, you know, he's just, he just does not like minorities, period. Like, it's all for himself at the end of the day. That's not what I want if I entering a corporate level, a corporate office, or a corporate position. Yeah, and it's um like I said, I don't I don't even look at it as like a handout. I look at it as, you know, they brought us over here and they put up all these different obstacles and stuff like that to make sure that we don't succeed. Like 
and and like you said, there's so much like free information out with like smartphones and um books and stuff like that. Like it's a lot of like I thought I knew everything I needed to know about like black history, like since I left high school. And then Ava DuVernay made a documentary called The Thirteenth, talking about the Thirteenth Amendment, and it talks so much about how the Thirteenth Amendment, which um freed slaves, but at the same time said the only way you could also become the only way you could be a slave in America is if you're arrested. And if you look it up, like right after that, they created all these different laws, like vagrancy laws. So if like you didn't have a job um or a home, they could lock you up for that and basically make you a slave again. Well, um going into the twentieth century if you didn't have enough money in your pocket to take a bus, you get arrested. Just standing on, you know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and then... ordering, uh, but like, but it's crazy. But uh, but like, um, slavery was outlawed in the North, like in like the New England in 1790. Um, it's it, America is such a big country. I feel like a lot of the fucking shit is just like. The South, like it's crazy. The South stuff just represents the rest of America too. But I, you know, I mean, does that make sense? Like, I don't know. Like, no, and if that been... didn't get out, of, that never got out of until like what? What country? What state? Um, until like 1995, outlawed, uh, like integration. Like it was like 95. I think it was like Alabama or like Arkansas. Or something like that. It's, it's unbelievable. 1790 and then 1995. And Think about that. You look at these um like these liberal pockets. So we're all New Yorkers, right? Like I was reading the other day on how like Central Park came to be. Like, did you know like it used to have like an arist an, an arisco arisco aristocratic um section of Manhattan where uh black people and people of different like non-white people had owned homes and basically like the state of New York or the city of New York, like um, basically put like eminent domain on those places and basically forced those people out of their houses and made that land into Central Park. So it was called Seneca Village. Seneca Village, yeah. And Im- so imagine if those people they did the Im- same with uh, I keep talking about. It. I'm sorry to tell you off, but they keep doing it. The same thing with um, Stuyvesant Town. That was where the Jews, Irish, and like the Germans lived and stuff. They kicked them out, and then they wouldn't let them move into the goddamn thing. And especially blacks, they didn't let them in. You know, and then, you know, it's crazy how they got away with that shit. And that was like during the Depression when no one had anything. It was all shacks. It was all shacks. But uh, tell me more about that. I didn't know about the Central Central Park thing. Yeah, but these was like yeah. So like the Seneca Village, like these was actual like homes, like like build like estates in the middle of central park so imagine if like those people that own those buildings because that area wasn't like desirable to whites so what they ended up doing was like using eminent eminent domain which is basically like the government saying like you don't own what you say you own anymore and they took it and and they they tore them down forced these people basically into poverty because you took what they owned and told them they got to move somewhere else and find like other living without like paying them. 
so it's like imagine not like imagine if that Seneca that that Seneca Village still existed in Manhattan, what it would be worth today? It would be like like oh my god, it's Central Park. Like, could you imagine buying a building in Central like around Central Park now? How much that costs? Probably hundreds of millions of dollars. So, like I said, these these to hear somebody like Jerry Kushner, who probably owns land that used to be Seneca Village sitting down here talking about like oh black people will only be successful if they want to be if they chose to be like black people didn't choose like nothing like there's nothing nothing in the history of America that says black people chose what they wanted to do y'all brought us over here as slaves you forced us to work you freed us as slaves you told us we can't eat at certain places, you can't buy, sleep at, you, you, you couldn't live certain places, and all that shit is still going on today. So, like I said, in the, for somebody like Jared Kushner to say, black people can only be successful if they choose to be, there's nothing in the history of America. Like, if you don't take nothing else from this segment or this episode, just listen to this statement that I'm making. There's nothing in the history of black people being in America that was a choice. It was everything. Everything that we've done was chosen for us. That is not an opinion. That's an objective fact. If you do the, if you if you do the research. Yeah, and uh, by the way, like Trump married a Soviet communist. Let's just say that right now, and he's part of that shit too. With that, and then. It's family now too. So all I'm saying is like, we're Americans. Uh, I'm just telling you right now, like a lot of that shit that they're doing, un-American. You know, at least I know things are bad. You know, things have been terrible forever. But at least I'm just saying that Trump is a part of a just just to, just the, all the progress we try to make, he put it back there on purpose. It's it's, it's insane. And it's it's it, that's super un-American, and he's running for president. And if he wins, to me, it's a very dark couple of years. So, yeah, Joel, you got anything else to say? Yeah, not really. Just the fact that, um, you know, I just like I said, I just hope, regardless of the end of the day, the outcome is, you know, it, it's. I'm not gonna lie, it's just real, real, real. Like just too ambiguous for me. It's almost like, you know, the like I said, the best thing is just for not to get Trump out of office, just get him the hell out of here. Because I don't see anything changing much, really, honestly. If anything, like he's gonna just be a lot more calmer now. Like, oh, these next four years, I'm just gonna be a lot more calmer. I'm not gonna speak. I'm just gonna. Um, he's just gonna speak to other people. That's the way I see it. No, I actually disagree with that. I think it's gonna be the reverse. I think yeah. he's gonna do like he's gonna be even worse. Yeah, I'm you... saying I know for a fact he'll be worse. But I'm saying he you're not gonna see him no more, like on the front end no more. Like at this point, I feel like everybody yeah, he's just gonna have min- like even more minions now. Doing yeah. everything it's like that now, honestly. Like I feel like it's like that now that people behind the scenes are the ones controlling the country anyway, but that's another topic for another day. But for, for a fact now, like if he wins again now, like I doubt 
you're only gonna see Trump like if only for his speech. Like he won't be tweeting and not doing anything like that. Like I, that's what I think. Yeah, like I, I tend to notice that like presidents in the second term they kind of like have um you know, what they call, like, senioritis, you know, like, high school seniors, where you just kind of, like, that second semester, you kind of, like, you know, everything's already in the books now, and, like, you're, you're not coming back next year, so you kind of, like, do whatever you want, like, that's what I feel, like, Trump, because, like I said, like, I don't think he even looks at the presidency as a job, I think he just looks at it as, like, I'm running America, like, I, I own, it. like, I, I'm the leader of America, like, yeah, like, the man is you know he's, he has a business mind state like he to him this is just another actor like, like all right he like, all right let's just say he made millions obviously everybody wants to make millions he's made it he owns buildings he owns casinos he has private jets all of this is like he's tired of trying to impress people with that so now he's president like oh what else can you do like i'm president now like, I already had the Jets, I already had the houses, the women, whether they were underage or not, you know, allegedly, whatever the case might be, you know, he had girls. And, like, you know what it is, like, now he's president, what else can you talk? Like, uh, like what else can, how, what, it, like, the only thing I think that could beat him being president, if it's, like, he just starts winning, like, awards, like, Nobel Peace Prize, or this, that, and it, whatever type of award, you, like, that's just gonna make him even more like arrogant knowing for a fact that he's a piece of shit done a lot of piece of shit things and he's winning awards like that's just gonna be crazy yeah so like so basically he likes flexing and then you know who also likes to flex a bunch of um rappers and we're gonna talk about trump's um relationship with the rappers um and how he's going to use them, how he's utilizing them to kind of get the black vote, so to speak. All right, so especially in the last few weeks, we've talked about Trump and all his opinions and stuff. But today, we want to specifically talk about Trump on black celebrities and his relationship with them. And I'm going to start this off with Chug. Chug, uh, what's, going on? what's going on with this? Yeah, so over the... I mean, actually, I kind of, like, noticed it like just this week that like he's starting to get a lot more um celebrities um he's getting a lot more celebrities um to endorse him or speak in his behalf so he's gotten obviously a lot of like white ones a lot of them that like really shouldn't be surprising like jack nicholas for one like I tweeted it and I legitimately like meant it. I thought Jack, I, I thought Jack Nicholas died years ago, so that surprised me that like he was even alive to have an opinion. Um, Brett Favre. Um, I had my response to Brett Favre. We all know that it was the interception. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I tweeted out. I was like, I'm glad that that Mary chose Ted over him, and there's something about Mary. Um, yeah, no. yeah. Jay, Jay Cutler, who is like basically a walking like turd. I, I was there when he got fucking picked off. Old, but I had to try to say to him, "What an asshole!" Yeah, he, so, he never wanted. Yeah, I know it's it's about it's a below politics, but like the guy seemed like he just wanted a fucking paycheck. Anyway, but sorry, Shug. Yeah, so it's just like a lot of people. I just didn't surprise you, Kirstie Alley. 
Um, but um, uh, what he's been doing a lot, you know, we just talked about like his plan for black people. He's starting to gain like support from like black um rappers and such as Fifty Cent, who actually ended up reneging or at least publicly reneging on supporting Trump. Um, Lil Wayne, who very publicly supported Trump. And Ice Cube, who was revealed to be working with Trump on some different ideas that Trump had to, for Black people. So I'm going to start off with like 50 Cent reneging. So basically 50 Cent, you know, um, Biden has this plan that he's going to uh, raise taxes for people making over $440,000. So obviously a lot of celebrities or million, like millionaires and billionaires don't like that because, you know, they're rich. But at the end of the day, um, and, you know, people like obviously like there's a lot of like, you know, um, these blacks for Trump people. I want to say a lot of them, but they, they are they do exist. And he, um, you know, a lot of them were like applauding 50 Cent, but it's like, you know, this really doesn't move the needle for you really because for every 50 Cent, there's like a thousand me and Joel's. So me and Joel don't care if like people making $400,000 are getting um, taxed more because we don't make 440000 and there's way more black people that are not. So it's not like I'm going to sit here and be like, oh, I'm a 50 cent fan. And like his taxes are going to be raised. Like I'm sad for him. Like, I don't care. But I think he saw like the backlash from it. And then he kind of reneged it. And um, I was talking to my stepdad last night and he was like, why do you think like he went back on it? And I was like, because white people don't watch power. Because I've been trying, like, I've been trying to push power on Mike for, like, the last, like, four years, and he's not, he's not taking a bait. He's, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's true, like, you know, like, you, you're, you're gonna lose, you're gonna lose fan if, if like, over 90% of the black population doesn't fuck with Trump, but you fuck with Trump, like, you know, we're gonna look at you different. So then Ice Cube also was another person, um, he said, like, he called um like Biden's people didn't return his calls but Trump's did and that was his reason for doing it and blah 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 and um the latest one was Lil Wayne and I'm sitting here and I'm like bro I've not cared about anything Lil Wayne has done since like 2012 yeah, he won that. He won that Grammy. I mean, that was it. That was like 2009. That was it. You never saw him again. Well, I mean, well, Mike, you might have been out of the loop, but the reason that shit happened, the reason that shit happened was because his um, his adoptive father and mentor, um, the owner of Cash Money, um, records. Birdman, he was basically screwing him over with his money over the last um for the beginning of time. Yeah. No, I know but, Ice Cube. Yeah, I, Ice Cube been alive in 20 years too. I, I know that too. So yeah, since like Joel said, since the beginning of time, but it I guess it, it kind of situation came to a head over the last like seven or eight years. And I that um 
he hadn't put out he wasn't able to put out the the Carter Five. And when he finally did, like to me, like the Carter Five was like trash. So I was like, all right, like Lil Wayne clearly ain't it no more as as far as rapping. So that's why I didn't, didn't care for it. But um you know, to see him thing, I I I seen this um video of Malcolm X on um, one of these shows and he always says um he was saying how like you know obviously during our time that like the white well he was talking about like white liberals or the white moderates using or point the the white moderates pointing towards the athletes like Muhammad Ali well I don't know if he was talking about Muhammad Ali but like Sugar Ray Robinson and um Jackie Robinson and um, boxers and stuff like that. And then also the singers and actors as being leaders in the black community. And he was basically saying, like, it's never, like, amongst the white community, you never look, like, as, as a white person, they never point out, like, celebrities as leaders in the white community or, like, you know, the representatives of the, the white community, but they do it towards the blacks. Right. Uh, it was Sidney Poitier, too, in the 60s. The actor, Sidney Poitier. Yeah, I know what Sidney Poitier is. Um, like, you, like, you pinpoint someone, and then they have to talk for everyone. But do I have to talk for every white guy? No. But, That's like, like the, the... And, I, I, you know, it's funny, because when I saw Lil Wayne, I was the first thing I thought of, because for the longest time, Bruce Springsteen's been very, like, anti-Trump. Neil Diamond has been very anti-Trump. But... Like, I'd bet, Mike, that, like, 60% of their audiences combined are voting for Trump. Because at the end of the day, they could like Bruce Springsteen's music. They could like Neil Diamond's music. But they're not, like, they, Bruce Springsteen and Neil Diamond don't speak for them. But. All all Bruce Springsteen songs are fucking blue collar or whatever. But no. No. they, They don't get it. All his music. And then, like, Billy Joel, too, like, Allentown is about, like, working class, like, white guys and stuff. But no, it, it falls on deaf ear. Like, Born in America, Born in the USA, I mean, that shows you how much I like it. But Born in the USA is about, like, a Vietnam vet. <laughs> and people use it for, like, goddamn patriot. And they don't get the irony. It's over their head. Yeah, but, like, so my thing is, like, people like Trump, they're using... They think to themselves, their idea is like, oh, let me get like one of these rappers that like one of these popular rappers to say that they 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 co-sign with my black plan. And, you know, I'm going to get uh, like maybe like or like the hope is that all of their fans or all of their supporters would also be like, oh, Lil Wayne fucks with Trump. So I'm, I'm I fuck with Trump, too. And I think it's sad because some. I'm, I think it's sad that these people would let themselves be used in our way. And it's funny because even Fifty Cent, like he tweeted out the picture of Wayne, and he was like, "Yo, Wayne, I wouldn't even did that." <laughs> he was like, "That's a bad idea." Um, what about the uh, Photoshop? I heard there was a Photoshop of Fifty Cent with uh, was it was it Ice Cube? Like they were wearing the hats and they. They, it, uh, oh, they turned it into yeah, that, was, that yeah. was Photoshop. Yeah, that was Photoshop. That was, they took like a picture at um the big three, you know um 
Ice Cube's basketball league, and they each had on like yeah. hats, and they 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 Photoshop MAGA hats on them or Trump Pence hats on them. That it was, so it was Photoshop on them. It wasn't the Photoshop out. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they Photoshop the shit on. Oh, okay, well, yeah, just, you know, fake news. Fake news. And then the thing, the funny thing about Lil Wayne is that, like, he's all he's he is funny that, like, Lil Wayne is like a person that he reached out to, um, with this black plan and using, um, his, um, or like reached out to to give him this plan and then, like, have Lil Wayne's like seal of approval because Lil Wayne has said on several occasions that he only cares about himself like i'm not par- like i'm i'm not par- like like making this shit up like Lil Wayne has literally said like he doesn't care about anybody but himself like they asked him about black lives matter he was like yo that shit don't have nothing to do with me like he was like you know a bunch of white kids like my music so clearly my life matters and then when they asked him about um some about several different things as far as Black Lives Matter, and I found it funny because Lil Wayne. They asked him about Black Lives Matters, and Black Lives Matter started in 2012 after George Zimmerman was um acquitted of Trayvon Martin's murder. Trayvon Martin was 17 years old in 2012 when he got shot, when he got shot and killed. So that, you know, 17 years old, mind you, like, I was in college during the time, and everybody loved Lil Wayne. So I'm pretty sure Trayvon Martin was, like, a big Lil Wayne fan. So, I, I, you know, for him to say, like, I don't care about Black Lives Matter. I don't have shit to do with me. And then, like, cur- cursing out the reporter for even asking that shit. And on top of that, Lil Wayne is, all, like, he, he's he's always been, like, like out there, like he he was fifteen when uh hot boy the hot boys didn't come out fifteen fifteen sixteen years old. Yeah. So Joel, I wanna what what you gotta say about that? Uh, like I said, like I don't usually take like unless like honestly like there's certain rappers that like I listen to that if they was to come out and support Trump like I'd be completely like whoa like and that's like. Like rappers like KRS One, like uh, you know, like Nas, rappers like that. If they come out and like you know say they to support Trump, I'll be surprised. Or a rapper like Wayne, like man, please. Like even like we let's keep it like all the way a hundred right now. Like he's not one of those rappers you go to listen to for like information anyway. Like not me. Like I always listen to Wayne for. First of all, like he had a good flow, good voice. Yeah, I never his his bars, his lyricism to me was never like, oh my god, Wayne's the best. Wayne's the greatest. Wayne is like, oh, you need to listen to Wayne. Wayne got some knowledge. Blah blah. Like never in a million years. I listen to Wayne like when I was around other people who listen to Wayne, mm-hmm. or just early Wayne, like like the the little Wayne that was like our high school Wayne. Believe it or not, I didn't like that Wayne that much. Like at all, like everybody was hyping him up, and I'm like, he all right, like he's not all that great. Like, this was in high school. This is when he was at his most popular, you know, at his height. 
he was on every damn thing, remixing everything. He was on everybody's records. And here comes Joel saying, oh, you know, Wayne is all right. He ain't all of that. And oh, yeah. This is and people, everybody, and, and people will look at you freaking crazy. Like, to yeah, me, they did. To they, me, did. they looked at me crazy all throughout high school. And like, they looked at me crazy. And I'm like, it is what it is. To, to so me, like, where I got turned off from him, like, or when I knew, like, he wasn't it, was, like, no offense, like, all of these, when I went to college and all of these white kids, like, he was the only, he was probably, like, the only rapper, like, they listened to, like, multiple, like, songs from. And they'd, they'd swear up and down, like, Wayne's the greatest rapper. And I'm like, but you you don't, like, have anybody else to reference him to. It's not just oh, that, he, yeah. It's, it's like it oh, oh, he's great because I listen to him, and he 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 must be great because he's the only rap I, rap I listen to, and that's when I I kind of got turned off from Wayne. But yeah, my uh, Joel, so go ahead. Well, well if you if you talk about KRS One, you about Nas. KRS One taught at what Columbia? He taught at Harvard, uh, Yale, Princeton. He he like he he talked. They gave him a forum like twenty years ago to be. You don't see him rapping anymore because he's a professor now. Uh, Nas is like o- openly talking about things, and he's more of less a artist, more Nas of like, rappers like Nas, like like uh, even even like a lot of Wu Tang members, like a lot of '90s rappers. When it, it just came from just that whole five percenter, you know, five percent nation. That's like rappers like Nas, KRS-One. That's what like you know. If you really want to listen to like rappers really rap like really speak words and really try to like uh you know spit knowledge those are rappers you have to listen to now granted they have their own you know obviously the rala people don't like rap music because of the violence and you know it's you know uh what is it homophobic does that endure whatever is really misogynistic but obviously you know that's rap that's music but like yeah. for the like all I'm, I said that what to say is like rappers like Nas, KRS One, and I, there's a lot more, a whole lot more that I can name right now. But yeah, all I'm saying is like Wayne is never one of the rappers that I ever like. I never expected Wayne to say anything that I'm gonna feel. Oh, Wayne is really not saying Wayne is dumb, but like Wayne is, he's just not somebody I'm taking any type of political words that come out of his mouth at all. Period. Like it's just, and, and even Fifty, Fifty is another one too. Like. 50 why anybody listening to 50 the man clearly needs has needed and probably still needs therapy he's been shot nine times and if you know 50's history like they try to blackball him from the industry like the man yeah he's he doesn't like anybody really you know what i mean 50 he's another rapper that's like he made money we like his hits but like at the end of the day he ain't really mm-hmm. like nobody you know what I'm saying nobody in his way, especially. And now that you talk about old taxes, that Biden has a you know a horrible tax man, of course, like 50 year rich. Yeah, and he does another thing too. These rappers have been rich for quite some time now. They haven't been broke since probably the 90s or the 80s, like all 2000s, and even now, like these rappers who came from nothing. A lot of them still have it in them. They still don't forget where they came from, like Jadakiss and all of them. But a lot of them, they forgot where they came from. And that's just the bottom line. They've been rich for far so long. They don't have to struggle no more. They don't have to worry about anything. They just make their music and go about their day. And that's rappers, you know, like Wayne, 
50, a lot of any any rapper who's really endorsing Trump like that just forgets where they came from. Because like I've seen pictures with Snoop and Trump. Like he even Snoop himself reposts pictures of him and Trump and he denounces that he like he regrets even meeting the man, kind of sorta. Cause they know for a fact that just because Snoop and Trump will have a picture together that Snoop might in some type of way still like Trump, he might vote for Trump. Mm-hmm. But I I don't believe that, you know, Snoop is gonna do that. I don't think a lot of a lot of people don't believe that. I hope not. What what happens if I start my own podcast on my uh, white supremacy group? You can't you know, like it happened. We were together. It's like you can't just like like you can, you can change for the better or for worse. And and um, but yeah, but I grew up on like, like public enemy and stuff. It was all political and everything. And, yeah, Chuck uh, D. Chuck D's another Chuck, one. Like, he Chuck started D. off with. Yeah, he talked to his vote. And I'm a big Prince fan. Prince is all about uh, ownership and like not being abused by like a whatever, like an old, like, like an over, like, you know, whatever. So, um, and KRS One too. Like, I, I grew up on that. And so, like, it, it's not foreign to me where like I understand. So, I think in the 2000s, everything got more uh, corporate and it got very more, you know, that type of thing. And Trump was there. He was there with Apprentice. A lot of people, a lot of rappers were on Apprentice and things like that. And they came buddy buddy with him. They didn't realize that he was going to become fucking the the fucking ruler of the free world. Yeah, yeah. And then um, you know, like y'all know, like I'm a big fan of like, cause that's that. To me, I think like. Like I said before, that's the idea. If you get somebody like Lil Wayne to stand by you and say, yeah, I like his plan for black people, blah, 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 that like all of his fans is going to be like, oh, Wayne, Wayne fucks with Trump. I fuck with Trump. I love, I love Trump now. If Trump loves Wayne and Wayne loves Trump, like I love both of them. So I love Trump now too. And I think that's the idea. But I'm, I sit down there and I look at it and it's just like, to me, like as an, and as, as, I guess that's probably the reason why you know, 18 is the, the voting age because, like, you have to be an adult because only a child could look at that shit and be like, I'm going to vote for Lil Wayne. But, like, you know, both of y'all know, like, I'm a Future fan, right? So if Future tomorrow, like, said, I fuck with Donald Trump, like, I'm, I'm voting for Trump, blah, 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 I'd be like, yeah, I'll fuck with Future, like, heavy, but, like, at the end of the day, his son is calling another, another man dad, <laughs> And he owes child support to like six women, so it ain't everything that future does. I have to do too, you know. I gotta follow suit with. Yeah, art, art versus artist. Now you're talking about. Yeah, like I'm gonna still listen you to like separate the art from like the art. Yeah, art versus like I'm separate the art from the whatever that seems. Um, sorry, uh, Kirsty Alley came up last night. Me and show we we're like. I'm still gonna watch Cheers, and I'm gonna laugh my ass off when Rebecca makes a joke. You know, like no, I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting for Look Who's Talking now because that was like my favorite Look Who's Talking movie. I'm still waiting for that to drop on some streaming service, like you know. And it takes two. I've been meaning to watch that. I haven't watched that since I was a kid. But Kirstie Alley, right now, like. Fuck Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley actually looks like I was looking at a picture of her and Kirstie Alley looks like Donald Trump if like he was in drag. So like Kirstie Alley ain't even Kirstie Alley anymore. <laughs> that the whole Weight Watchers thing and she got the whole Nicole uh what's her name again? The uh who's that big girl who got 
she's dead now, but um, Anna Nicole Smith. Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah, she was part of the whole like weight loss thing. That's sad, but you know it happened. Still alive now. She's Scientology so far. And it's funny as hell. I know this is the last thing I'm gonna I'm gonna say about it. It's like if you listen to this, like YouTube, right? Type into YouTube Lil Wayne, Black Lives Matter. Watch it's it's only maybe like three to five minutes long. Watch everything he says. And let's say like like tell, one of the things that my bad, not to cut you off here. Go ahead. No, like just listen to that right there and tell me if that's a person who sees a plan that says it's quote unquote for black people. Um, if that's like the 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 that that, that would be the expert on that, or you you'd respect that person's opinion on anything concerning black people. No, that, that was like gonna reiterate that it's like kind of video because like a part of that that pissed me off was like the what you might call it the when like his whole explanation was when he got shot or something i'm paraphrasing too like because again look at the video yourself when he got shot that it was a white cop that helped him and that's like kind of why he doesn't feel the need to hate white cops or whatever the case might be because he got saved by one so that's like his main thing about the whole Black Lives Matter. Like, why should I, you know, a white cop saved me. He ain't kill me. He said, like, black people were running by him, running past him. And the only cop that helped him was a white cop. So now he feels like an affinity to that. And it's like, all right, but he helped you. But that same white cop only helped you because he already know you were Lil Wayne. If he didn't know you was Lil Wayne, no, 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 he would have no, let no, you no, die. No, 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 no. That was when he was a kid. He, he um... He he was trying to kill himself. He was trying to commit suicide. He was like twelve years old, and the the cop like resuscitated him, and I was his reason why. That is another like I know he got, he shot himself at twelve, but that was like that's one story, and then the last that I think happened like later on or some shit. No, he got signed by the Onyx or where the where that group was. He had a music video with Onyx, and then he got shot and like almost died. Then he came back with Eminem and Dre and all that. I think that's what happened, right? Wasn't he like? Who are you talking about? Oh, Fifty Cent. I have no idea. Oh, Fifty Cent. You talking? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I thought you were talking about Lil Wayne. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Anyway, you talking about the? Because I was on squeeze and that warlord from wrestling (laughs) saved Fifty Cent's life. By putting himself in front of him. You know Warlord from the eighties and nineties? You know the Warlord? You hear him? The barbarian and little bit. Oh no idea what you're talking about, mate. There's a wrestler that came out in the eighties and he became a security guard when uh Oh, okay. Yeah, so he like put himself for <laughs> I think he's talking about fifty cent earlier. But like because uh, he had that sixteen shot or whatever he had that. But this was uh uh, early 2000s and apparently 50 Cent had like a something happened like after like a Hot 97 interview with uh, uh, Lil Kim and Lil Kim's people were like mad or whatever and then they, like, something happened and they were in front of like a Jersey hotel and then Warlord if you know who Warlord is I'll put a picture up there you know who he is he was a guy from like the 90s early uh, late 80s he was like uh, yeah I put my body in front of 50 Cent it just made me laugh but they're not laugh, but like, 
that's his job that he did afterwards. You know, and he was still look kind of like a fucking badass. It's kind of cool. Uh, I want to ask you like a future question. Like what's what does a week from today look like, especially for people of color? You know. Yeah, probably more the same. I mean, it's a lot. Like a lot of like when Joel said he wasn't gonna vote. You know, a lot of his, the the things he said does have substance. Substance, because I mean, like truth be told, like uh, like appreciate and admire um, President Barack Obama. Like, but he was in there eight years, and like to me, like he did way more for like the LGBT community, and did more for like immigrants than he did for like black people. And I'm like, if you know, one of our own didn't go head above you know above and beyond for us i mean what you know you what can you really expect like two like 70 some odd year old white men to do but you know perhaps perhaps the hope is that you know biden takes this chance and kind of like capitalizes on a lot of the things that you know they weren't him and um, Obama weren't able to accomplish or maybe a lot of the things like Hillary wanted to accomplish but you know people didn't want to elect Hillary because Hillary as a person didn't care for yeah but also like the gay marriage stuff like that didn't become a thing and while Obama was running for president he said like during the time he said he didn't believe in it like he said no who knows what's going to happen in like two years four years you know he said no. He, he he. Then he became president, and then things changed. You know, yeah, you don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, too well. So we have a few days left. I know that. Um, uh, I'm so I'm so happy to hear that you got like inspired or whatever. I don't want to sound nah, so. It, like, it's inspired, but yeah, inspired. I'm not gonna like, you got inspired. Me. Like, we, we are, you know, it's more about you know. Yeah. But like my thing is, like I said. I just hope no matter who wins, just at the end of the day, just make up for your mistakes. Like, it's not that damn hard. Like, that's still, like, even to this day, even if you feel like you didn't make a mistake, you feel like it's something you did, a law you passed or a rule you made, whatever the case may be, even if you felt in your mind that it wasn't bad, you still, with that law or whatever rule you made, held back a lot of people, held back minorities. And that's just the bottom line. Like, you signed laws that you probably felt was in your mind good is gonna whatever stop crime or whatever the case might be or whatever you feel like you know whatever crime bill you know you guys know more than me I don't know the, the specifics about it. I just know crime in general like you're trying to stop it and you're going after minorities is a problem and especially when you're doing it you know like racially all of that is racially motivated so my whole thing is just make up for your mistakes like that's the bottom line like uh, Trump, obviously, is not a politician, but he's done a lot of things behind the scenes, I'm sure, in business that was, like, very unmanageable, like, very, if you look at Trump, you're going to just, like, roll your eyes at him because he did a lot of, like, probably has done a lot of unhonorable things in business. And, you know, Biden's the politician. He probably already has done horrible things, even worse. You know what I mean? As a politician, so... I said that all to say is just make up for your mistakes. Biden, Trump, just make up for your mistakes. Uh, you know, it's the bottom line. It's not that hard. It shouldn't be that hard, I say. 
Because at the end of the day, you know, minority, we always have to like, we don't, we never really made like many mistakes. But if we do, we always have to apologize for somebody else. Or like, uh, like if like his Shug messes up, and all of a sudden now I have to explain for Shug, like why Shug messed up, and vice versa. Like why is it never the case? Like Biden, you know, you messed up. Trump, you know, you messed up. Why they never going at each other? And when they did get the chance, it was just like a mockery. Well, that was great though. I I was looking for an opportunity to bring this up. Um, enjoy your world up, like doing things behind the scenes and stuff. We know damn well that every politician does things, and it's in in a hundred percent of the time, almost it's lobbyists. Trump does the same thing. He did the same thing, but he did it with like corporations. He did it with like other, you know, he did other things, and now we see it more often. Because like it's not like a lobbyist. A lobbyist is legal. Like I can ask you to like support uh, our podcast, and then if it was another podcast, uh, and I give you like ten bucks, but then if a lobbyist that gives you ten bucks, it's fine. It's legal. That's the tricky thing about this because we all don't like this gentleman, but he does things outward, and then we know damn well that every other uh, person in politics like does this stuff. Um, part of what the which became the process you know it's not like whispering somewhere like hey can you do this for me it's more like hey i'm from the um i'm from the sugar man money uh campaign you know the pot the podcast you know that type of thing yeah like um you guys familiar with the movie head of state with chris rock Yeah. yeah you know it was like funny like that movie was and it's like you know, not like uh, it's not like a a cult movie or something like a lot of people point reference to. But our movie is like a great commentary on like the on politics, and I always think about it every time like the elections come up. But you know, you talk about like lobbyists. Like um, the other day, I was watching like you know the part where Bernie Mac Bernie Mac is like um. Chris Rock's character, Maze Gilliam's brother, and Maze Gilliam chooses his brother because he feels like that's the only person he could trust. Um, he he chose him to be his running mate, his vice president. So he arrives to Washington on a train. As soon as he gets off the train, I didn't realize it every time I watched it up up, up until recently. That all of, like he gets off the train and like all these people come to talk to him and he just like slaps them like pimp slaps them like yeah. like a whole bunch of people and like i never realized that like those people were lobbyists <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, nah, like you're not yeah. you're not you're not gonna buy me like i'm not here for that nonsense i ain't here for that foolishness i ain't scared of none of you motherfuckers <laughs> so uh, i i watch okay. um <laughs> can't lie but like the um second Netflix show ever was um, House of Cards, like the re- the American version of House of Cards, and um, like they, you know whatever. And then uh, someone said that like Bill Clinton said that was like really real. It was like intricate and stuff. And then one of my favorite impressionists, not comedians, but impressionists, Godfrey, like he did an impression of them, and it was like <laughs> it was just like that type of thing. It was just like, oh man, that's like it, I, I like. I like comedy with politics and stuff. And I feel like now it's too, like, a lot of the politicians and um, are just, like, 
just saying the news and not in a funny twist. Like I want to hear some ironic shit, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm going to say something that has, not, you know, just a twist to it and then take someone else's point of view and just put a twist to it. Like if I say something from someone else's point of view, is that me? No. Like, like but it's, a, it's a, you know, like things are getting stifled and there's no comedy. There has been no comedy this last six months. There has been nothing that was like laugh to laugh about. It's all like serious stuff. And it's just like social media and people just getting real and shit and just yeah, I want I want to see some uh, you know I want to see something like take everything, breathe it out, and then put it back out there. I don't think uh, yeah, I just really fun. You know, the, the thing right. is like I hope for like Tuesday, like we just have this collective like exhale, like you know it's been it's it's been a rough like six months like you said and like we could get that exhale but you know boiling back to to what you asked just to like wrap this all up and what um joel said just to like tie everything in um when you asked like where as far as black people are concerned where are we gonna be next week after the election and you know i guess the idea is like as a black person, who do you think supports your rights or is going to fight for you? And I just feel like this, like, which one, like, it depends, which one appears to actually want to do something to help black people? Like, like, keyword there is appears, because whether or not they do it remains to be seen. But to me, the person that seems like they're willing to do things to help the black community is Joe Biden because Trump all he sits down and talks about is everything negative about black people. He says that he's done like, first of all, he's sitting here and saying like, Oh, like I'm the most, I, I did, I've, I've done more for black people than any like president to me. It just thinks, I think like every time he says that shit, I think of it of like when you're at the bar and you're trying to like, uh, get a girl to go home with you like you're willing to say anything like and you're willing to go like make, make up like the most imaginable shit imaginative shit to try to get in this girl's pants and I think that's what Donald Trump is doing like he's not saying anything of substance whereas like Biden he's actually seems like he's that dude that you know He's buying you drinks. He's actually listening to what you're saying. Blah 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 blah. Like, I think that's the difference between the two. Now, what they do, what they appear to do, and what they actually do rem- remains to be seen. But I, in my honest opinion, unbiased opinion, I feel like Biden has black people's interests uh, more at heart than Donald Trump does. I think Biden is going to do. What he's supposed to do, and what he's—he's he's part. He—he he knows what he's gonna do. It's not a wild card. Trump is a wild card. You know, that's all I'm saying. It's like things that needs to be done is gonna be get done. Yeah, and yeah. like Biden's like the first guy like I've seen during an election actually have like a legitimate plan. Like actually has a plan. Like he's like, yeah, I'm, we're gonna do this. Um, we're gonna. Like you know the stuff I, I mentioned before with the the the, the um the housing um uh, I mean the home ownership stuff like he actually has like plans whereas like Trump 
you know, even even if we broke down his um his plan for black people, maybe we could do that next week. Like put them side by side. Obviously, by that time we'll have a president. All right, so you know we're not big on the NHL here. You know, Joel doesn't really pay attention to much sports outside of baseball. And Mike, you know, football is more your thing. And me, I'm everywhere with sports, but the NHL is, you know, I, I love, like, I'm a Ranger fan. I, I, I love the Rangers, but, you know, as far as anything outside of the Rangers, maybe, like, when the Penguins lose, I enjoy that a lot more um, than most people do. But, you know, we don't really talk about the NHL, but some um, disturbing, to say the least, news came out that um, I think re- fairly recently, I think in August, or if not last month, they held their um, entry draft. Um, and in the... Actually, it's interesting because the, the Rangers actually had the first overall pick. And they so they picked first overall. So that's as far as I knew about the NHL draft. But some news came out recently that the Arizona Coyotes... Um, in the fourth round, they picked this kid, um, Mitchell Miller. And what has been brought to light is that during high school, he used to bully, um, this, uh, kid, this other child with, um, who who was uh mentally um developmentally disabled um he was black and this took place in Ohio in a suburb of Toledo and just for reference um the one or one of many incidents uh between him and 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 this kid um he took a push pop, you know those the the push pop candies. Uh, Flintstones had one, yeah. No, not the not the push up, not the ice cream, Ooh, not the push yeah. pop. You know yeah. the push the push pop. He took one of those push pops and wiped it in a urinal in the school or somewhere, and gave it to that kid to to lick. The kid had to take all of these tests for. Uh, hepatitis, AIDS, all kinds of things, but you know, like that is like not even like your your regular old like boys will be boys type of bullying. That's psychotic behavior. So the reason I brought this up was because you know we talked a while ago uh, during the um. When we talked about Deshaun Jackson and his um his anti-Semitic thing, and we also made reference to Sean Hader of the um Milwaukee Brewers, where you know stuff he said in high school was brought to light. And my my thing is um you know there's a lot to unpack here because there's a lot of people that need to be held accountable here. Um, first of all, the Mitchell Miller, the 
um kid who was selected and later his his draft rights were renounced and also the Arizona Coyotes organization for drafting him because I'm pretty sure this information um wasn't brand new to them it's just that now it's basically out there um so when I when I say that um Mike, we're, we're, uh, just just based off of what I just said, what is what is your idea of of this whole situation? Well, the first off is um, you go from someone who's like a kid to being signed to a you know to a company to a you know a team, but also a company and stuff. And I don't think it's any different than like a fifteen or sixteen year old being a piece of shit I, that I've known in like uh, high school and stuff. And then like when they're eighteen, they become things of bigger nature, like cops and stuff like that. And I've seen it happen all the time and go to war and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, like go, if any stuff going back to someone's past below, you know, underage things, um, it's private company. They can do what they want. Like if, if they think later on, especially now with like social media, which is the reason why a lot of this probably happened is that if they can, if they find if they can get uh, bad attention from someone else's past based on things now that we look on social media, they have the right to no not not accept someone into their um, in, into their you know, organization and stuff. Like uh, I don't think it's this isn't like this case where someone going back into someone's thing and then like kind of like ruining their or whatever. No, it's it's a business decision because the NHL are the umbrella over the coyotes or the coyotes depending where you're from um but yeah like i'm sure this would happen with other things but now i think it's gonna happen more and more you know you can't like uh this can't happen with people's past and then them become becoming possibly the face of like a franchise and stuff you know that's just a broad thing we you ask more questions and i'll uh yeah, yeah, I'm gonna add in more details as we go along. So, Joel, what about you? Based off of what I the 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 information I, I um stated, like what 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 ideas do you have on this? What thoughts? Yeah, it's like you said, Sugar. Like, I don't feel like I feel like they already knew, have known this information beforehand. So the fact that you know, it, it's just like that's just disgusting, honestly. Like that, I do like. I've done a uh, you know a few things that I'm not proud of when I was a kid, but that's something like that. Just using bodily fluids on anything that's just disgusting. Like the like with that information, this is like ew, why you even have any type of or try to have any type of do any type of business with someone like that. That's just disgusting to me. And uh, and you know he like like me. I'm uh, like you know Nietzsche, Like like my language sometimes like like when it comes to anything that like i deem just like not smart like stupidity i use the r word a lot and you know i know for a fact i'm trying to work on that and it's because i know for a fact that like this is like using for the mentally disturbed or not mentally disturbed but like this like developmentally disabled mentally developed like disabled mentally disabled developer like, I know for a fact that word really disturbs them and it hurts them. So I try to just, like, eliminate that word out of my vocabulary. 
And that's just the bottom line, I guess. So anytime you deal with anybody with mental uh, development disabilities, it's just harsh. Like that person to me doesn't deserve to like have any representation anywhere, like honestly. Okay, so the other thing, another detail about this is the uh, Mitchell Miller, he never apologized to this young man and he never apologized to this young man's family other than, you know, when, I mean, obviously we don't have checkered um, criminal path, but usually in court when, you know, these are kids that, you know, they get probation, you know, they get charged with a crime and they get probation or, you know, anything to um, get out of having to serve like time, whether I be in jail or in a juvenile delinquent center, like the court would mandate that they write a letter of apology to like the victims. So basically the only apology or the only, um, act of remorse or only expression of remorse from him towards this child and his family um, was basically under duress or basically um, mandated. So it, it, it wasn't genuine, nor has he made a genuine, um, made a, a, a genuine um, attempt at trying to apologize so, Mike, after hearing now, how you feel about that? Uh, I mean, anecdotally, <laughs> I've seen that sports kids that I went to school with, I felt, I, I don't get it. Like, I always felt like they, they were children, and I was like a man among children. But if they were the, the guys who were the men. And um, football, and then also the cocky people are like real pricks and shit. And, um, I think it's an elitist sport to begin with. I just think it's like a above. Like just going back, I, I'm just assuming. I don't want to get like sued or anything, obviously, but I'm assuming that they have a right and like they just, they, you know, like, I don't know. You're, you're telling me this mandate that they had to sign and stuff. And they would have to say. I think that uh, a lot of people just don't think it's necessary, like or like they they have a cutoff period where like things happen and then that's it. Um, I don't know. I, I need to know more about this thing. I know that I, you know, I've seen some stuff about this and you're talking about, I don't want to like give like a wrong impression of this individual, but, um, it, you know, it just felt cold. I don't know. It felt cold to me, you know, but I know this shit happens in high school and it definitely happens in college and it's fucking disgusting. It's weird. Joel. Joel. I was just like Mike said, and like I said earlier, it's just disgusting to me. And you said, uh, what is it? Uh, just to reiterate, like the, the apology that had to be written. Yeah, it's like, a, you know, the judge orders you in order to um, receive, you know, in order to get like probation instead of jail time, like, or juvenile, or time in a juvenile delinquency center. Um, detainment center, like he had to write, he, he, it was a court, it's court mandated by the judge that he write an apology letter to the kid and his family rather than him doing it out of pure like remorse or guilt. 
like you can't have like he he should like do community service and also like talk to people and have to see introduce themselves introduce himself to people and because obviously yeah, this? if you do that to someone you don't know who they are and they're not part of your life like that's like me going and doing like putting on blackface and running through high school and stuff you know it's like bizarre like I don't get it the shit is like. And then we said earlier that we were all millennials and we have the Google and stuff. And this guy is obviously, he's probably like 21 or 22. So the thing about this, if this guy is a drafty, he's like tw- early 20s, he obviously had Google and stuff, obviously, for fucking his whole life. He's not our generation. He's a Z or Zoomer or whatever. But well, I mean, like, to me, like, what does an apology do anyway? Like, and you're mandating me to apologize. I'm going to apologize and I mean it. I'm just apologizing because you told me to. Yeah, like, it's, but, it's, a, it's a slap on the wrist. Like, uh, you know. The yeah, but that, uh, that's just like, come on. Like, that's not going to prove to anybody that you're changing. That You're just telling me to apologize just so I don't get sent to jail or a detention center. Like, I'm the only, obviously, I'm going to apologize. I'm not going to mean it. So it's, it's about meaning it. Like, obviously, he doesn't mean, like, if like, he apologizes, he doesn't mean it. Like, you don't urinate on a damn push stick. Like, that's disgusting. Like, what? Yeah, like, that's bizarre. Like, that's automatically, mm-hmm. like, that's, first of all, like, you should get sent to jail automatically. Like, get well, sent to jail and then apologize. How about that? Instead of just apologizing and not going to jail apologizing to not go to jail how about you go to jail for that and still like apologize how about that well that's rough then you you'd be doing a lot of that type of shit in jail but uh full disclosure that i think me you uh and chug um went to all boys school right went to all boys school high school yeah sadly uh worst mistake i don't know why i did that to myself we're on the the same page but a lot of weirdos a lot of weirdos you know, a lot of do they do a lot of weird shit, and I, I saw a lot of weird shit. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm there, listen like, to me. I know I've seen and Chug me. I'm looking at you guys. I'm like, you guys are sick. And then literally, like two two years later, that I see pictures of them with like fucking in the fucking Iraq and stuff. I'm like, that sick son of a bitch is over there defending my honor. No, thank you. Listen, I just know I know a lot of dudes I went to school with, like high school with. That if I see their girlfriends now, I'm gonna give them this look. Like I seen your boyfriend do some questionable <laughs> shit in high school. Like, whoa, let's not let's not let's not get him started. Because last I'm time gonna... I'm gonna have to like re-listen. I'm gonna have to catch all of that when I do the editing. No, no, no. We ain't talking about it. We just yeah. talking about the dynamic itself. Like, yeah, we're talking about like high, this high school thing, right? They have in high school, right? So we're, I was saying that like someone who we know, we all went to the same type of school. They do something like this, and then like two years later, like they're signed by the NHL or whatever, whatever, or they're like in the fucking fields in in the war, and we're like, we give this guy so much, you know, this guy was a freaking asshole. Like, Jesus, it's annoying though. And then you know here. <laughs> like I looked at him like 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 a older person just like god damn it why are you doing this this is bizarre and then they're like off 
And this mm-hmm. guy is going to be by millions, possibly millions. Yeah. Um, and I said, like, too, with, like, with the apology, it was, like, obviously it was not even – he was forced to apologize or it was, like, they gave him an option, apologize or go to jail. Like, obviously, I'm going to apologize to not go to jail and not mean that apology. So that apology, if he did or even if, like, it's bogus at that point, you're giving me an option to apologize. I said yeah. Yeah, like it's on. There's no contrition. There's no genuine contrition. Um, oh. but the last thing that they said he that that he was um that they saw was like there was like a surveillance video of him like kicking and punching the kid, and while using racial slurs, because like I said, this kid was black. Mitchell Miller's white. So, you know, on top of, you know, being a bully, you're a racist bully and you're a bully to somebody, uh, a, a handicapped person. Like, this is like the whole, like, if he was making like a terrible person burrito, like he has like all the ingredients, like all they really, all you really needed was him to be a black developmentally disabled gay kid. And he, he you know, like. He'd be the worst person on earth. Oh, why? And oh, and transgender, like it's, um, yeah. So it's um, it's incredible. And then, so what do you guys think about like the the team itself? Just um, because they had to they had to have been ignorant towards it, because there's no because if you like when you do these drafts, you're scouting the port, your scouts. Your front office, your player development, your personnel people, all of these people, they do it. Like, that's basically their job. They do all their homework on these people. So it's obvious it was there. And I don't, they ignored it. My bad, not to. No, real quick, I'll just say, but like, we know reports about NCAA basketball football kids who fuck up and then they're banned for life. Or they drop from like number one to like fucking fourth, you know, fourth round. And NHL is not talked about. Is that why it fell on, under the uh, radar? Uh, Joel, please, I'm, I want you to talk about this. I'm sorry. I don't am... know. Nah, it's all good. It's like, like I said, I don't watch NFL, but. No, NHL. Like, obviously, NHL, my bad. NHL. NHL, my bad. Hockey. I don't watch hockey. So like I like yeah like the fact that they went along with it obviously like you said like they did their research on the on the guy I don't know anything about hockey um like how good you gotta be maybe this guy was like the only thing I know about hockey is Wayne Gretzky and maybe this guy was like good as him I have no idea I don't know so obviously the fact that they have this prospect or whatever whatever what have you. They they don't give a damn about none of what he has to go through. He's a sports player. As long as they win championships, he wins championships for them or get get them to a championship, get them revenue, can get them newer fans or whatever the case might be. That's what's going to happen. Now, obviously, like once the fans find out about this guy's past, now that's when you have a problem. But as far as I'm concerned, like, again, me not knowing anything about hockey, but I'm just, I know sports, period. This guy could just be a very, very awesome player. They need him. They don't care about anything. They just want to win, um, you know, the next Stanley Cup or whatever the case might be. That's how I, I see it. 
So, like, in 1992, if Derek Jeter was found out to be, like, doing weird shit, you know, like, in high school and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, would that have come up? Like, what, God forbid, you know, like, someone we, we care about, and you find out, like, 30 years later, instead of, like, a year later, two years or three years, like, what if you found, like, like uh, Derek Jeter was, like, doing weird shit, you know? Well, you know. Things are gonna come up more with the people that we watch in the last ten years because obviously some people are gonna like talk about like things that happened in high school and like previous and that. So like, is this gonna keep on happening? And now I'm talking about suspensions. I'm just saying like, people's image is gonna be altered. You know? Yeah, I understand where you're coming from, but the 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 reason why I got interested in this and all of this information I've gotten from. Um, some Deadspin articles. Um, the one in particular, like I'm referencing, is written by Sam Fells of Deadspin. The reason why is because, you know, you say like, all right, what if like somebody found out like in high school Derek Jeter did this, that, and the third, still got drafted, still had a Hall of Fame career, blah 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 blah. Okay, like that's one thing. Even Sean Hay, um, Sean Hader, um, you know his stuff coming out well after like he's already a major league pitcher. What we're talking about here is somebody where you can basically be the gatekeep. You already like that's why I asked the question. Like all this information, the same way it became available to, um. Sam Fells, right, to do this article and whoever else um, he got his information from, I'm pretty sure that the NHL had this information or the, the, well, at several teams in the NHL and all of those teams that picked before him um, didn't pick him either for, you know, um, there were better prospects um. Or perhaps they saw this and it was a red flag for them. But when it came to the fourth round and it was a pick of the Arizona Coyotes, and it's interesting because from what I read here, like the Arizona Coyotes had lost most of their picks that were in front of this. So their fourth pick, he might have been one of the high one of the Coyotes' higher picks. And this wasn't as big of a red flag for them that's where I'm taking issue because you know if any athlete that's popular now or had a career or has a career or have had hall of fame careers or stuff like that like and they had issues and it was brought to light that's one thing but we're talking about people that you're signing and drafting now knowing already that these are things that are going to come out yeah, I mean, you go you go back to, uh, I think there was like a lot of recruiters like all the way back. But if you choose that now, nowadays, you're, you're expecting it to get brushed on, on the rug or something like that. Like, but it's like, it's a whole thing. Like, uh, you have to go back to just like filtering. Like, you have to expect that a high school filters out people like this. You got to expect this to filter out people like that. But it obviously it doesn't because you actually you spend scouts 
to go backwards. So it's kind of like, I don't think it's a profile, like a personal, like, you know, I, I think it's just, um, you know, business over, you know, personal stuff. Like, I mean, of course, you, then there's a whole argument where like, maybe, you know, you fuck, you do one fuck up thing in your life. And then, then that's it. Like, uh, it's like, that's a whole other argument. Personally, in high school and stuff like that, no. I saw a lot of people do a lot of stupid fucking asshole things and stuff and piece of shit things. And I just never really, I think some people are fucking sick. Some people are fucking dis- disgusting people. And that's, they use that, whatever. And then later on, they do it elsewhere. Business wise with sports, uh, usually you get to weed it out. But then at the same time, it also gets weeded out people that are really great people and they feel intimidated by people like this. So it's, you know, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to give a 50-50 answer, but it's like, I, it's, a, it's a system. It's, a, it's the same thing as any other thing we've been talking about all 25 episodes. It's they let things slide or they, you know, they know what's going on and then they just like brush on the right, uh, onto the whatever. It's like, I don't know. It's like, Joel. You can't go from like, you can't go automatically to the ultra, ultra, like, NHL is a huge company and stuff. It starts off with some guy who's like, all right, I have a couple kids. I'm going to start a hockey team with. They would know that was shit right away. And then in high school, they would know right away. They let it slide, though. So, how far back down do you go to, like, you know, make sure this shit doesn't happen. That's the whole point of the topic. It's the, yeah, letting, it, it's the letting, letting it slide. Like, my issue here is the Arizona Coyotes, they knew this was this, this is what this person did. There, and I keep bringing it up. There's nothing that that there's nothing that Mitchell Miller has done that shows that he's sorry or he's a better person from that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say, you know, because a lot of people keep saying like, oh, well, he did this when he was younger. He did this. Um, they, he, It shouldn't hang over his head for his rest of his life. Yes, it should. Yes, it should. It should. It's the best possible result for him. As a be- is the best possible result for society as a whole, because here's a person who work, probably worked so hard to 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 become like um one of the greatest hockey players in the world, one of the few people that play hockey in the world to play in the NHL. He worked so hard to be a good hockey player, but he did not work hard enough to be a good human being, and stuff like that should be held against you. That's my point. Yeah, that actually makes me think about it because uh, everyone thinks like, oh, he's a kid, he's a kid, whatever. But no, when you're like seven, seventh grade or whatever, you're getting ready for college. And when you're in college, you're getting ready for like the pros. So if you're in high school, you should goddamn know well that you are on the microscope. I, you know, I get what you're saying. Like you start off really young and stuff. So everything matters, you know? Yes, and the the I know there's the other wild part. Like basically, the fact that they forfeited, um, their rights, um, their draft rights to him, 
Like, he's basically a free agent. So, one of the things, like, Sam Fells brought up in the article is, like, you know, who knows? Like, months, maybe a year from now, like, some other team will pick him up, sign him to a minor league deal or something like that, and he'll be in the NFL, NHL and hope, and people will hope that they forget about it. Yeah. But I still think, yeah, but... like, that. Yeah, go ahead, Joel, because... Yeah. Yeah, my fault. Like, like you said, like I understand. Like, well, I don't understand. I should say, like, I don't understand at all how the team, like, knowing this, like, they'll sign as a man like this. Like, like you know, like I said, I said earlier, I've done some my share of like things that I'm not proud of when I was a kid. But like, one thing's for sure is like I never ever went at anybody who I knew was mentally like developed, who had disabilities, mental disabilities. Never, because that's like the lowest of lows you can go. Like you're picking on someone who can't defend themselves or who doesn't know how to defend themselves, like at all. That's just like the lowest of lows for me. So like, and I know for a fact, just period, just being like, you know, Afro-Latino, if right now somebody could go in my Facebook history and try to find like some tweet that I said when I was in, well, I wasn't, in, I didn't have Facebook when I was in college, but they could go to, um, you know, whatever I said during college and try to hold that against me and it's like granted me I'm probably gonna have to like work as hard to try to like get my name back or whatever the case might be just try to like you know what that was me back then that's not me now but can nobody ever go and find something about me like picking on the mentally disabled or anybody who can't defend themselves. That's just the bottom line. That's the lowest of lows for me. So, like, the fact that this man can also, you know, he could have potentially a prosperous career in in NHL making millions, and he's, you know, he could still be out there. He could have a fan that's mentally disabled. And you're going to do the same thing to him? Or are you going to look at him, that fan of yours? You're going to look at him the same way you did, uh, you know, the the mentally disabled kid you looked at at high school? Like, what are you going to do? So something got to change. It reminds me of kind of like coddling someone who like did a crime when they're like 17 or 18 or whatever. And then they just like, don't you, they, they don't say their name, but they call them a young man or they, call, they say kid. And yet, like, let's say someone like people, someone of color like does a crime or accused of a crime. And then they say their full name and they're like, you know, like it seems kind of like brushed off. You know, and then it's so severe with like other things. It's just you know, it's like it happens all the time. No, I mean, it's, it's just like shit. Like with the you know, like I mean, like you know, like Joel said, like obviously all of us like grew up in school, and you don't know any better. And we've all done our fair share of teasing and joking around and and horsing around and stuff like that you know that like i said boys will be boys type of thing and the people we did it to like who knows they might say like yeah like sure like you were a bully to me like joel you were a bully to me or mike you were a bully to me and you're not even realizing it but and stuff like that obviously it, it 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 you grow from it but when you take this individual here, this kid clearly isn't um development his his development ain't the same as yours. He is not um 
you know, when the the the, the autism community, you call them typical, the, the, you know, people that are not on the spectrum, you call them typical. These children are atypical. So, you know, something is not right. And obviously, like Joel said, you know, when you, you know, when you were kids and you were teasing people, like you obviously wouldn't, you know, you, you nobody had to tell you, but you know, like kids that, um, with the mental, um, the, the, um, developmentally disabled, like you wouldn't tease those kids or make fun of those kids or God, or even physically abuse those kids. Like you already know that, but for this kid to like pick this child out and, you know, bully him for being developmentally disabled to, um, call him all kind of racial names um, to do something as disgusting, like, to me, like, that's something, like, and that's where, like, you can't, like, to me, this is the unforgivable part. There's so many unforgivable forgivable parts. There's the beating his child when he's the, you know, when he, he, he probably don't even know what's going on. He just knows he's getting beat up for no reason. And he, ha- he has no way to, to, to let anyone know this is going on. Unless there was like a video camera, and that's what it is. They've they've got the surveillance tapes of this, and on top of that, taking a candy and rubbing it in a urinal, urinal, and giving it to him. Cause God only knows he could have been beating up this kid, and then went to the bathroom, wiped this candy in the urinal, and then went to the kid and was like, "Oh, like, I'm sorry, I beat you up." Here, lick this, and he, you know, like it's sick, it's psychotic behavior, and the fact that he himself, like the the fact that it's not automatic and not he didn't show the initiative of being like, yo, wow, like this, like I'm, this is not right, like I'm, like this is like I should, like this makes me a terrible person for him to not have that introspective moment. For it to have to take a court to tell you, listen, you got to write a letter to apologize to these people and not take it upon yourself. And the fact that, like, he's basically skated on this because he didn't get kicked off of no hockey teams because obviously you couldn't get drafted unless you were still involved in some kind of, like, um, college team or some semi-pro team. So that didn't stop that. He's not in jail. Like he he he's went on his whole life, and it, on until this thing cost him, that's when that's it's now like this this the bad press that that team received is the only reason that child is is facing any consequences. It takes the bad press of a team for a child to face any consequences, and that's why I feel like the best thing that ever happened is like his dream being blown up because he works so hard. And that's what people will say. They'll be like, Oh, he works so hard to get drafted by the NHL. Like maybe he should have worked half as hard to try to be a better human being. And then these dreams won't get taken away from him. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Like, cause it's bullshit because if you, if you don't say that, it's like when he was eight years old, you know damn well his parents or whoever his guardians are were expecting him to go to the NHL. So they should have been telling him, 
if he's a piece of shit, you know, like in his body, in his heart of hearts, you know, just do what you have to do, go to high school, and then, you know, get drafted, go to the college and stuff. But no, you know, this whole thing happened. I let it slide if, like, he got away with being a psycho fucking whatever. Mm-hmm. But no, it happened. No offense, but some people are psychos and no one ever knows. And, uh, you know, but ho- hockey especially is the most, when you're, like, five years old, it's like ice skating. Like, when you're five years old, like, this is what you're going to do. And you have to make it or it's a failure. And uh, apparently, you know, abusing disabled people is a part of the uh, process. So fuck them and fuck his parents. And his uh, school, where the fuck you went? Swept them, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Joel, you want to say anything with the last minute about this um, this, this okay. topic? Yeah, just that, um, like yeah, real quick. Um, was it like just like backtracking? I've done you know my share of you know like teasing this, that, and the third. But like just bothering the mentally disabled is like just the lowest of lows. I don't understand how this man just because the court said apologize and he apologizes doesn't make it doesn't mean that the apology is true. Like clearly he was given a choice and he chose to not go to jail. He didn't choose to apologize. That's how I see it. If he does it or doesn't apologize, is he's choosing not to go to jail. He doesn't mean anything. It's all bogus. Like he meant what he did in high school, and he's still probably that person. Yep. Final thoughts, Michael. All right, so we had a few t- segments today. Um, a lot to do with uh, people of color and everything. Uh, from the top, bottom, talking about the president of the United States. And uh, I think bottom line, like, he doesn't want to answer questions. He just wants to basically take credit for things. But then, like, if things don't go wrong, if things go wrong, he just wants to ignore it. And we're talking about the NHL. Um, that that's a huge thing. That goes with every uh, every form. It goes with colleges and stuff, and hazing and stuff. And this goes to a further extent where they know it's someone who they're there for a reason. Like it's they're doing their best and stuff, and just gonna like, do bad, you know, terrible stuff. Um, how many days? Three days till the election, and then um, we'll see what happens. It's Halloween. Let's not forget it's Halloween. I had this up here for the last two weeks. Uh, Halloween. So this is a horror movie that is not a horror movie. There's double meanings to it, and it's a great soundtrack. So I, I have the vinyl that I bought from back then. And um, horror movies to me are not horror movies. They're fun. They're whatever, whatever. Movies that scare me the most are when a guy like like me gets goes goes to jail or something. Like that. That's my thing. Um, talk about a lot of serious stuff this week. Um, I learned a lot. Um, you know, I just want to make sure that I make clear that I take everything seriously. Um, you know. I respect everything you guys say, and I learn more and more each week, and it's episode 25. 25, man, I can't believe it, but uh, yeah, I think things are going well. Uh, people that listen, they hear us, and they see us develop. I, I never actually 
met uh, Joel, but like I feel like I know him, and it's great because like I seen, you know, I feel like we know each other now. So when we actually do hang out and stuff, would be you know, it'd be great. But uh, yeah, that's basically what I want to say. And then uh, Joel, how you doing? What's up? Well, like my final thoughts, other than no, we spoke to about a lot today, but mostly on Trump. And like I said, uh, you know, I got my absentee ballot. I had it came like two days ago. I just wasn't home. But, you know, I already filled it out. I'm going to mail it out soon. After as soon as I'm finished with this, it's a school across the street from me. I'm just going to hand it in to there to them instead of the mailing in. Hopefully, like everything goes good there because I heard or not heard, but just in general, mailing is always a problem with mailing and getting mail on time. Just got in there. But this is, you know, wrap it up on the Trump talk. Like I said, I'll just know at the end of the day, I'm not here to vote for the lesser two evils. I've said it before, but on this podcast, you know, you, Shug, Mike, you know, Shug, you know, like, yeah, guys, yeah, guys inspired me a little bit to vote and just know, you know, I'm voting. And at the end of the day, I guess, like, just like I said on the show, I just, whoever wins, just make up for your damn mistakes. Like, you two are grown men at the end of the day. Act like human beings first before you think of your title as president or this, that, and the third. Just be or try to be, you know, a withstanding, morally honest man. Like, that's so much to ask. Like, just make up for your damn mistakes. You know, that's about it. Yeah, so this is going to be the lie. Like, I, I didn't realize it until, like, you know, I was coming up with the plans for the show that, you know, this is going to be the last show before the election. So, um, you know, I don't want to, like, look too far ahead, but I'm, I'm just, it, it, it's, it'll just be interesting to see what next week's episode looks like. Because, uh, you know, I was discussing with these guys in between, not like, you know, um, there's definitely going to be like feelings, you know, obviously if one candidate wins, we're going to be, um, really happy. And then if another candidate wins, you know, I, I think we've made it abundantly clear over the, the first 25 episodes of the show, if they win, we'd be really, um, disappointed, but, you know, I voted by mail uh Mike went out and he did his early voting um the other day and Joel who initially before doing the show was actually um opposed to voting or he didn't want to vote him you know personal his personal choice was not to vote and then eventually after doing this and talking about politics and probably being a lot more informed because um admittedly Joel says he don't really like follow politics like that but I guess like us bringing you know this information to him and and him finally like hearing um a lot of stuff like he he hadn't heard before inspired him to go out and vote so hopefully like people listen to the show like you know who knows hope uh my hope is that if you're in line to vote on Tuesday like you're listening to this while you're online you know to kill time and and stuff like that, but just go out and do your duty. Um, I don't really, you know, 
the Trump, you know, kind of doing, you know, they call it like the hurry up offense um, this weekend with, you know, trying to get like black celebrities behind them and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's crazy because, you know, as I, as I said before, like black people, we, 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 we know how to think for ourselves as, as much as he thinks they otherwise. And then Jerry Kushner, like with him saying like, Oh, like, you know, their plan only works if black people choose to be successful. You know, to me, that's like a um, cop out so that if the plan doesn't work and the numbers of, um, you know, economic prosperity for black people doesn't grow, they could basically blame it on black people by saying like, oh, like they didn't want it to work. It only worked because it didn't. They didn't want it to work. And as I said before, like if it's one thing you're going to take from that segment or this show, just remember that like. In the history of blacks in America, there's nothing in our story that wasn't chosen for us. Like I said, they brought us here in bondage. They got free labor out of us when they decide. And remember, like white people under slavery it wasn't black people that ended slavery. So they chose to end slavery for us. And then when they ended slavery for us, they tried. They created all these different obstacles to make sure that you know, white people were here and black people were here and it's crazy enough. We, we talked about it a little bit too, right? Like when immigrants from Europe and all these different places, those people came here, like they, they somehow got in between us and, and, you know, we stayed um, at the bottom, white people stayed at the top and all those other different cultures um, all got in between. So for them to say that, like, you know, for black people, for their plan to work, black people have to want to be successful. Black people have been wanting to be successful ever since we got out of slavery. And, you know, America has done everything to make sure that isn't the case widespread. Because obviously they are, there are successful black people. Successful black people, that, like these rappers, like Lil Wayne, that Trump aligns themselves with, aligns them, you know, himself with. I really don't have black people's interest at mind. And like I said, with Lil Wayne, just Google our video or YouTube that video of him. I think it was on ABC News um, talking about Black Lives Matter. And it, it showed you that like the only black life that matters to Lil Wayne is his own. So I find it like anything he would have to say about a plan that, that that's for black people that he likes. Um, I have to look at I have to take it with a grain of salt. And then Listen, mm-hmm. Lil Wayne, he, he once said, Sorry, Joel, real quick. I no, think that's so racist. They, you know, they use Lil Wayne. That's like using like a fucking like Bill Gates as me. Like I'm a white guy and Bill Gates is a white guy. Like, you know, everyone is like, you know, different levels. Sorry, Joel. Uh, Just saying, like, if anybody, Wayne once said, and this is a bar from him. Like, this is, he actually said this. He said, real G's move in silence like lasagna. So just think of that bar and anything Wayne has to do with Trump and I'll let you decide. Uh, Like, who to listen to. (laughs) Remember, real G's, real G's move in silence like lasagna. Just, there we go. 
Thank you for that. Now, if I may finish. You're welcome. <laughs> Whoa, terrible, sir. I was it, sir. Okay. So, um, like I said, in these, um, uh, what's his name? In this situation with Mitchell Miller and um, the Arizona Coyotes, um, you know, it's a lot of, like, irresponsibility to go all the way around. It goes to the um, president and CEO of the Arizona Coyotes, um, Xavier Gutierrez. It goes to Mitchell Miller because, you know, obviously he's the person. And, you know, another, like, quote, if you had to quote me from this episode, is that if Mitchell Miller would have worked half as hard as he did to become a good hockey player or or, or, as, or if he worked half as much to try to get into the NFL, if he worked on being a better person or, or a decent human being as much as he did trying to be in the NFL, I mean, NHL, like perhaps he'd be in the NHL now. But uh, clearly – from the time he started abusing um, this young man to this day, like he's not grown from it. Um, no way you could think that. And it also goes to the NHL because this was a person that was readily available in your draft pool or was obviously on people's big boards. You know, the NHL is like a a private company and they, they could have easily been like, no, like we're banning, like we're preemptively banning this kid from the league. We don't, he doesn't, he doesn't um display the type of person that we want our players to be. He doesn't, he's not representative of what the NHL um, wants to be. And I say that because the NHL, they've had like diversity issues um, and not so much with just like getting black people involved, but just the black people that are already involved in the NHL. There's so many different allegations of racist things going on in the minor leagues, racist things going on with the coaches, racist things going on with players. Because there's players that's been accused of racism by my, you know, black players of being racist that are still playing in the NHL. So clearly they let, um, they let Mitchell Millers into the league. So if you're trying to clean up your image and be a lot more inclusive, like that's your first step. Like, yeah, we're not going to have this person in the league. But also because uh, it takes so much money to be involved in like a pee wee league. Mm-hmm. Then, then on top of that, people that are so assholes are mean to people and you know, just like bullying and stuff. And then they just give up. They are going to different sports. I mean, that's that's what happens. It's like it's a preppy. It's a preppy sport. It's like lacrosse, you know. Yuppie. It's like yuppie shit. You know. Again, if I may finish. Um. So this has been my final thoughts. Uh. This has been episode twenty-five of Sugar Me the Mooney. Um, hope you guys join us for next week's episode. I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, if you haven't already, check out our YouTube channel. We have all kinds of new content. Um, a brilliant idea that um, Mike came up with, you know, 
usually before we start recording or or meeting and recording the podcast, we usually, you know, talk to each other and joke around and stuff like that. And we've started to record those and share them with you guys. So the last one we did, we did um episode twenty three, our little um outtakes. And I was watching it on YouTube and, you know, it's a lot of stuff I forgot that I even said and it was hilarious and good content. Um, don't forget, we did our postseason wrap up. Um, obviously, it's, it was mostly about the Yankees, but then we did our wrap up on the rest of the MLB postseason. It's a bit dated because it took place right after the division series when the Yankees got eliminated. So perhaps... Next week, me and Joel, since the whole baseball season is over, we could talk about, you know, the World Series and looking forward to the offseason and next season because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on there. So this has been Shug Me The Mooney. Shug Me The Mooney. Shug Me The Mooney.